in five, four, three, two, one. Are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it out. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> Alright, 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 alright. Welcome everybody, it is Wednesday, May 31st, the final day of May. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you as always from the University of Louisville Remote Studios, business studios here uh, in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you. We're on the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. Streaming all over this part of the world. You know us better as the Big X. It's Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey on a Wednesday. Another sweltering day. The uh, the internet has stopped working here in Jeffersonville. We had a nice one-day run. That was feeling good. I think Trevor just reset it. We'll see if that's going to work here in a, in a second. But besides that, everything is good. Life is good. We're happy. We're content. Things are working. It feels good here, Trev. How, how are you on this lovely Wednesday afternoon? Trying not to sweat. Man, it is hot as hell. Hot outside. It's it's toasty. Like it's one of those days. Like I'm finally happy. I spent most of my life with with cars that were like used cars that you get like you know cheap because you know sure I'm poor and uh, not that I really moved up from the tax bracket in, in that time anytime soon. But <clears throat> I uh, it is like this is like one of the first times I actually had a car that like the heat and air both work really good. It's a good feeling. Really well. I don't care if it's proper English. You're I'm, good. I, I'm I, I, I'm I'm overheating over here. So like. Like it just it, I don't know I just I can't describe it like I, I just don't know how I ever went back to like you know eight bit Nintendos or you know li- living a life without having the internet I mean this is just I, I can't go back to it don't don't take away my AC like I, I'm I, I've got that thing jacked higher than me on Saturday night at two a.m. and it's just it's it's cold. it's coming out cold too <laughs> colder than, cold, colder than my ex. Hey, hey. found the joke. <laughs> Colder than what DraftKings has done to me the last three days. Oh boy! So yeah, it's other than the heat, man. I'm just this is it. It's, I don't know. Maybe it's because I was in my car for the last like 15 minutes or so before you got here with it jacked up on me. But like, it, it does feel a little warmer here than my car. It's. I mean, it's 70 near, so it's fine. I'll cool down. It's just. It's from, been worse here for sure. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that we've made the the full commitment here at Big X Studios to the air conditioning, which is good because you know, it, it's it's hot now. It's not going to get any cooler. We're, we've entered in; it's past Memorial Day. It's officially summer now. Yep. But for a while there, you know, you'd have that classic Louisville in between 
spring and summer slash in between winter and spring where one day it's 40 degrees, the next day it's 85. And so like when we would come in here and the heat had been on the day before and then all of a sudden it's like 88 and it feels like it's 97 in here. Those were rough days, but I, I can live with this. this. This is fine. No, this is, this is, yeah, this is, this is good. It does. I think it's better than like the room, the room in my house, that like my, my man cave, my man room or whatever, my hangout, my den. It doesn't have AC or heat in it. So it's it's not bad in there, but it's been – I'm starting to feel a little bit like last night. Okay. Because it's like a converted garage, and it used to have its own, like, AC unit, but that thing hasn't worked since I was born. So. Oh. <laughs> I got a fan in there, but it doesn't do the same, right? Yeah, how, was your, uh, anyway. how, how was your Tuesday evening here? Tuesday was, was really good. That's what I, I want to hear. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear what your Tuesday night was like. Mine was – Jam-packed, actually. I, I watched the uh, 30 for 30 on American Gladiators. How was one. that? I, saw, I heard mixed things. Um, it was okay. I, I'm curious how... When I started watching, I thought, how are they going to make this two parts? Like, is it really something you can stretch over two parts? I mean, it's Gladiators. I mean, it's... I didn't realize it was two parts. It is. And they did get me intrigued. I'm looking forward to seeing what tonight's part two will uh, unfold, but... Um, as someone who, like, I don't know if you liked Gladiators when you were a kid. I did. I would watch a 30 for 30 for three hours just on Assault, the game. With yes. The, oh, the games were that, awesome. I mean, just, just Assault. Like, that one game. That was, you had that, the tennis ball shooter. Okay, now, I was going to say, Assault, I think, was actually technically the uh, hamster balls. No, 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 Assault was the game where you had to hit the target, and you had the one Gladiator up on the perch. Oh, with yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The cannonball, the, with a tennis ball cannon. Oh, I think it was That awesome. was the best game. Seeing somebody, like, one one girl gets a kid's heart in the face with yeah, it. Yeah, it was great. Like, it was awesome, yeah. I feel like I could have <laughs> dominated Assault. Like, I loved watching. I, I want to say you used to come on NBC at, like, Saturday nights at, like, 10 o'clock. I knew the, the reruns were on USA back when I was growing up. That's how I always watched And them. I was going to say, that's, I remember, and, 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 but most of them were, yes, on USA. Because I used to love watching the game shows on there in the afternoons. Uh, like, you know, I think it was the Name That Tune, Joker's Wild Same. was on there, yeah, Press That Luck. Um, I would, and it came on after, yeah, right after that. And that was more, I think, I want to say, like, season three, because... The Larry Zonka version, that's all I And that's what I remember, too. Yeah. And, and that's one thing about last night's, not to go too much detail, but, like, they talked about the creator, who this guy is just a kind of a character in his own. He, he As soon as you see him, you get this, like, Donald Trump-like vibe from him. But not, like, not like current Trump, like, you know, kind of senile and wearing diapers and just a shell of maybe what, you know, what made him famous back in the 80s. This guy is, like, in 2023, still being 1989 Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, and just, I mean, he's got kind of this, like, mobster attitude. Uh, they, they they blatantly talked to him about like how he kind of stole the idea from his co-creator who you're not allowed to talk to because he owns like his rights uh, and he won't let them talk to him. I didn't realize like, there was a fight like that over Gladiators. It's yeah, like yeah, it's kind of interesting, and I enjoyed seeing the highlights of it, the uh, the nostalgic of seeing, like you said, seeing the you know them talking. They talked about the injuries uh, they go through. Uh, how kind of it was they weren't getting paid, which is kind of your ho-hum of every documentary about nostalgic athletes. It's like, we went through hell, and we didn't get the money we deserved. It's almost like you can replace, like, any of them when you talk about those. But. Yeah, 50% of those docs are, like, douchey owners, yeah. people doing the work, <laughs> not getting paid enough, which, which is, is funny, kind of real life. Because I watched it, and then I watched the new Dark Side of the Ring right after it, and I'm like, I don't know where, like, the, the line has ended and began between these two guys. They're both in the same era of the early 90s, mid-90s. Wherever you go. And they're both kind of are. in the same realm of, of, of concept. Uh, the, but one thing I, about the first part I didn't like, or I didn't like, I noticed 
that wasn't talked about was you brought up Larry Zonka being on there. I remember Jill Theismann like was in the first season, I think. Um, and like some of the people they talked to, Malibu. I didn't remember Malibu. I didn't know this guy. Apparently, he was only in season one. So I, I remember Malibu. See, I, he was only in season one for like eight episodes. It said, and they, but they do talk to him extensively. Uh, Dr. Gemini. A lot of them refused to come on, uh, mainly because of the owner Jerry Ferraro, which is just another great. I mean, just the name itself is oozes like kind of Sopranos wannabe. So it, by the end of it. And they tease the whole Dan Carr, who is the mystery creator. Uh, like, what has happened to Dan Carr? Like, by the, but then I'm like, I would, Damon, I want to know where Dan Carr is. The question everyone's dying to know. Yeah. Where, so, it's like, who the hell is Dan Carr? So they went from having me go, I don't know if this can do parts. And by the end, I'm like, I got to see part two. I got to see where Dan Carr is. Do we learn where this dude is who apparently invented these games in Erie, Pennsylvania, to the soundtrack of uh, The Wonders, of apparently. And, like, invented in 1982, who this guy kind of stole it and took it to Hollywood seven years later. Like, I got, I got to know where this dude is now. Gotcha. So, uh, and then I watched Dark Side of the Ring. So, end of the day, thumbs up, thumbs down for the, the recommend. If you liked Gladiators as a kid for nostalgic reasons, definitely thumbs That's up. That's what I've heard. I've, I've heard if you liked the show, yeah. you'll want to watch it. If you have no interest in the show and you're trying to be drawn in, you're not going to be not a big fan. But that's, that should be said for any documentary, right? I don't I mean, think that's true. There's stuff that I've had no interest in before. If it's really, really well done, that I've like, I'm like, okay, I'm into this. Okay, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I, but yeah, if you if you do like, it, if you remembered it, um, if just the idea intrigued you, then yes, probably watch it. It's not completely on. You'll get highlights in between of it and some and some and some things of good memory, like you said the the game where they're shooting the people, the uh, the jousting. Um, one of them is like a former gangbanger when they did the uh, versus the LAPD. I forgot where he went on after he beat the LA cop. He's like, see, ever this is for my boys in the hood. I finally beat up a cop for real, legal style. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you go, Jim and I. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah. And Dark Side of the Ring was excellent. Chris Candino and, uh, and Sonny was on them. Uh, they talked a lot about Sonny and her disaster and Candino's uh, death. I actually... Was a little mistaken. I I thought Candino OD Candi, Chris Candino OD'd, but it was just a unfortunate blood clot that killed him from a surgery. I hadn't, I had forgotten about that. Mm. Um, they talked about his kind of how he was done wrong because while they were dating, she was banging Shawn Michaels, and as a result, Shawn Michaels and the Click basically made sure Chris Candino got no airtime and got kind of screwed over in the card. And, the usual evilness. Classic wrestling. Evilness that was Kevin Nash. And it, people forget Kevin Nash, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels were about the biggest douches in the world for a long time. So, yeah. It was, but oh, Didn't I watch those two? That was a great night. Great a night. Good, good night. I, I didn't even need sports. I had documentaries on sports. That's all you need. That's all I needed. How about you? Apparently, you didn't watch either one. I did not. Did you start Ted Lasso? Did not. I'm going to start that tonight after AEW, by the way. I planned on it, and then I, I, I got too tired and ended up reading. But I, Who would you read? Uh, I'm still reading, uh, rereading, actually, uh, The Miracle of St. Anthony, about Bobby Hurley Sr. and the oh, yeah. high school yeah, program. Oh, yeah, you told me that, yeah. Uh, it's really good. It's Adrian Wojnarowski, before he got really big, back in like 03. It's, they, it's good. They make it to a movie, you hit me up and let me know. I'm probably it. not going to, but I, I will if, if that happens. If, if they Friday Night Lights it up, then I will, I'll make that Why happen. Why don't we just documentary on it? That's what I'm waiting for. I don't want to read this. I need everything made into a, like a visual form so I can see it. I'm I'm here to proudly announce, and this this is Ooh. if you've listened to the show at any point over the last I guess ten years or whatever, however long I've been on radio, you know I will ebb and flow with with, with the Reds. 
talk. I'm very much the like, we're dead. I hate this franchise. I can't believe I do this to myself. And then we're back, guy, like 48 hours later. Oh, yeah. I'm all in. Oh, you are I'm all, all in, in? On, on, on Red's life in general right now. Uh-oh. I'm rocking the, the jersey today. You are. The City Connect. Last night, I, I mean, one, we have Ellie De La Cruz hitting a two run walk off to lift the bats to their six win and seven games, which was incredible. Uh, it's the Nick Kern call got some national love today. I saw it on ESPN. I've uh, so seen it all over the the internet. They've had a bunch of different clips. My friends who have bats season tickets who Should always we play go it, on. By the way? Say what? Should we play it? No, it's, we're, we're fine. We'll get there. Okay. Oh, no. I'm sorry. He's like, we got three hours to kill, Trevor. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> my friends who are bat season ticket holders, they always go, like, their season tickets are for, like, every Tuesday. And so they go, the walk-off happens, and, like, our Reds group, I'm, like, texting, I'm, like, tell me you all didn't leave. They both left before the end of the game. I'm, like, why, why, why are you even getting season tickets if you're going to walk out <laughs> 10 minutes before the, you know, the, the best prospect in all of baseball comes up with a chance to win it at the plate? But that was awesome. And then the Reds last night – they get up eight to nothing on the Red Sox in Fenway, in the in the bottom of the seventh, and I make the grave mistake of my best friend is a classic Red Sox fan, the Red Sox fan who twenty years ago was obnoxious and like followed every like was like, like knew who their single A starting rotation was, like knew everything about the Red Sox, and they started actually winning World Series, and his fandom has like tapered off in in recent years like it just it doesn't mean as much anymore because they they you know they're not the lovable losers but he still is kind of annoying about the red sox and he's the one reason why i hate the red sox and i did no i I forgot teaches a red sox fan (laughs) i know he's a packers fan i know that uh but i made the grave mistake of when you're in a rivalry with like your your closest friend where the stakes are this high i bleep talked before it was over (laughs) I, i sent the like the classic just trolley Hey man, have you taken any any major league bas- baseball action tonight? Text at like you know, ten o'clock, like when the, when the Reds are up eight nothing, and it looks like it's smooth sailing. And he's like, "Don't do this." And then Danny jumps in with like the whole like, "Oh, you don't even have the your, the Rangers to fall back on." Back when he was living in Texas, he became like a closet Rangers fan because the Reds already swept them this year. And then it gets to nine eight in the bottom of the ninth. We bring in Alexis Diaz when it's actually nine six. He allows two more runs to come in, but we get the strikeout. Everybody exhales. Reds have won four in a row. And you look at the standings now. Uh-oh. Three games back? Uh-oh. Just three games back in the NL Central. We're getting to the point. All I wanted from this team this year, because we're not really trying, all I wanted was to keep things interesting like into the summer. In, in, like, we, we always go on vacation uh, second or third week of June. We'll, I'll be out uh, next month, like the 19th through the, the 24th, whatever that week is. is if if like, the Reds are in the hunt through that week, then I'm, I'm okay. Because I we didn't have high expectations going into this year. Just keep me interested. Give, give me a reason to watch the games through like early July, through the All Star break, and then I can be content if we fall off a, a cliff at the end of the year and don't make the playoffs. But for right now, they're competing. They're young. They're exciting. Ellie's going to come up at some point soon. Christian McCarthy's on strand. They'll find a place for him. Jose Barrera was taken to the outfield well, had a great relay last night, hit a grand slam over the monster. That was awesome. The young pitchers are coming around a little bit. Like, it's just. We got one or two all stars on this roster. I mean, Matt McClain's the reigning NL player of the week. Fresh. I mean, a bats player three weeks ago is now bringing home major league honors and just his third week as a, as a professional. Like, it's uh, exciting times here. I'm, I find myself really looking forward to tonight's game, which means they're probably going to lose like seven to two. And then I'll be back here, like, just sulking tomorrow. But for now, I'm, it feels good to have a summer sport to care about with UFL baseball, you know, not being in the NCAA tournament with the, you know, 
nothing else really going on crazy outside. Like I don't have any, I don't have any gigantic interest in you know, the. There's no World Cup. There's no. no. My, my favorite tennis players are all retired now. Like it's just like, I'm not. Old. I know I'm not into the like <laughs> nobody's playing in the French Open. I've got no interest there. Like it's just a, it's nice to have the Reds giving me a little bit of a life raft right now because I needed it. You really believe that? Yeah. Bob, For right now, Bob Castanelli is never going to let that happen. Sell the team to me, Bob. I'll make it happen. <laughs> I just feel like we're in the locker room of Major League right now. I heard them talking on the radio that you know because everyone has no, assumed I, that the Reds at the deadline are going to be sellers this year, and now I think it was the Cowboy and Brantley is talking about like you look at the standings and all of a sudden it's like the closer you get, it's like do you really want to maybe invest in trying to you know you don't get to pick which years. You're making a run. A lot of teams sure. try to do it, but every now and then there's just a crazy season. But then, you know, the 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 worst place to be is a team that invests in trying to make a run to the playoffs one year and then fall short, and all of a sudden, you know, you you're just stuck there in purgatory for the foreseeable future. But I mean, yeah, we've seen players boom onto the scene as rookies and then have sophomore slumps, or I mean, whether it be injury or just just not the same. I'm not saying that could be the case for McLean or, or maybe Ellie when he comes up, but I'm just like you said, you're right. You never know. Never know. Grab, grab, grab the the tiger by the tail when you can. Uh, I mean, I'm enjoying the ride right now. Is this all I can this say. is the time I point out that you know it does. I, you're going to talk about the Blue Jays and the standings. The fact that you, you're we're four games ahead of you and we're nine games back. And I don't care. Finished. Doesn't matter. It's not how baseball works. <laughs> Three games back. That's all that matters. Why couldn't we be in the Central? Come on, tr- move Toronto, move the city for God's sakes. Also, I mean, I, if you're in the AL Central, you'd be in much better shape too. The AL Central is not very good. I know. Well, we would. I mean, the West we would be. We'd kind of still be in this kind of the same situation, except we wouldn't have Boston down our throats one game, half game back. We'd be clear of Oakland like everybody else. But it's very clear that the worst baseball in this country is played in Middle America. <laughs> it does come the flyover states, not just for politics. Take that, St. Louis. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I don't want you to take Ellie though. I mean, the bats have won six out of seven. The bats are on fire. You need to let him stay down here in Louisville, and the bats are going to shock the world and win a championship their first since. 2001, yeah. They when, won it because they canceled the rest of the playoffs they, after 9 they, 11. They'd won the first game and they were like, and yeah, the 9 11 happened. They were like, oh, we're calling it. Yeah. Which it didn't matter. We were going to sweep them anyway. We were, yeah, we were going to win the. Yeah, we were going to win the whole thing. But in the, I guess Louisville was won, is it four championships, I believe? No idea. They won it like 85. Five's coming, though. Yeah. They won two in, I think, three in the eight, two in the 80s, one in the 90s, and then the 2001. I said this before, like, I think that Ellie's probably going to be here a few more weeks, a couple more weeks. Because it's hard not to bring him up. It's hard not to bring him up, but he's reaching that point in the contract where he doesn't like like this won't count as his rookie season when he gets called up. And I, I'm not sure the exact number of games, but like the Reds are going to try to keep because God knows the Reds aren't going to want to pay this guy no. what he's worth and in how many years his contract's up. So they're going to try to get every year out of him that they can. So they're going to hold off, I think, until that he reaches that point where it's not his the clock starting on his professional contract so i think you, you're you've got a limited number of times to see him here in louisville because when he does get called up he's not coming back I mean, he's only 21 too right yeah they're also in an interesting spot because they're like best player for the future jonathan india like do you move him around what do you do with him matt mcclain now is I mean, he's been like the best player since the reds called him up he's playing shortstop um nick senzel's there at third like there's not really a spot there's gonna have to be an odd man out here Someone's going to have to move to the outfield. I mean, people are talking about, like, can Ellie play the outfield? Could, you know, do, do you get rid of India at some point, even though he was just the National League Rookie of the Year a couple of seasons ago? Like, it's kind of it's an interesting situation for a franchise that didn't think that they were going to have 
a whole lot of success right now talking about like their best players all play the same spot. Who could have foreseen this when they signed like 75 top-rated shortstop prospects coming up a couple of years ago that they would wind up in, in this conundrum? But uh, they're gonna have to. Somebody's gonna have to make room because Ellie's the real deal. Was Delacruz? He wasn't drafted. He was like he was like well like a Dominican signed, right? I or, believe he was drafted. He was okay because I like because I know McLean was like top. I think he was like fifteenth. McLean was a big draft. India pick. was a top like five or six pick. He went early. And he was out of Florida. Was a first round guy. Yeah, I mean, it, but he was like early first round, not like late. Uh, that's why I went try. Like I was looking up Delacruz, and it's not showing a draft choice on him. So I'm assuming he was just signed. Maybe he was. He doesn't have a. How does this guy not have a Wikipedia page? By the way, does he not have a Wikipedia? He does page? not. Uh, that's, that that kind of baffles me, right? That is kind of wild. I mean, how does he not have one? Um, Do we need to write one for him? You should write one for him. Maybe we should. Can you create one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I mean, you can't. We got Dustin Bell's going. Yeah, yeah, and I'm banned. They'll be like, well, whatever. This guy doesn't even exist, probably. <laughs> but, but but I mean, you're you're a writer. You're 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 an author. Yeah. You're an award winning author. I mean, you're a diehard Reds fan. You should write. You should write this guy. Wiki, I mean, not to mention, I'd like to brag and say I know somebody who created a wiki page. I don't know if I could do that. I don't, he, I don't even know how that works. I don't know. <laughs> did like a so Ellie was. You're, you're right. He was a Dominican signee in okay. 2018. How much did they? Oh, no, was he like under the radar? I wonder. I'm just. Kidding. Well, I, he I was 16. Think you would know. So, so. It, it's one of those deals where again, he's he he, he was 16. Yeah, but black, you never know for sure. He was unranked in Baseball America's top 100 international prospects that year. I know we Which signed. Is how the Reds were able to sign him? <laughs> okay, so he was more kind of under the radar, like yeah. De La Cruz was seen as a lanky, athletic prospect, was but was viewed more as a wild card than most of the others. Nice. At least 100 players were listed as better prospects by Baseball America, but those guys also very much wild. I mean, you're ranking 16 year olds. I mean, from different countries. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. We signed him. Toronto did at 16, but we had to outbid like like three other teams for him. He he actually we ended up getting over a million bucks at sixteen when we originally signed him. I think they got to do something about that. The whole thing is just it's like it's it was, a gross meat market out there. Like and like you've you, got to do it. But you, these international scouts and these just like it, it's a is there a way to make them draftable in some? I way? don't I don't know what the answer is, but it's a weird element of professional baseball for sure. I mean, you already have like forty rounds. I mean, what's the worst that you waste like a seventeenth round? I mean, teams use like 16, 17th, 18th round picks on. NFL, you know, college quarterbacks who have no intention of ever playing. Like, didn't Jeff Brom was drafted by the Rockies? I think wasn't he? Uh, yeah, Brian. Uh, Brian was drafted by the Rockies. I Brian, know. I think Jeff I, was Jeff was drafted before the Rockies existed. So you're it had right. To somebody else. Brian right. was drafted by the Rockies, which, but Jeff was drafted. I'm pretty sure. In as someone who played with Brian in high school, is the most hilarious thing of all time. <laughs> with the Rockies, who he made fun of for being picked by the Rockies. I, no, just the, I mean, the fact that he was drafted at all. I love Brian. Oh yeah, but okay. he, yeah. Uh, he, You're saying his baseball ability, okay. and I just love that. Like they, they one time, like, we, like in his draft profile when he got drafted, I remember reading it. They were like. He didn't pitch for Trinity, but he one of his throws from right field was clocked at like 90 miles an hour or something. I was like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no. But that's but that, you prove my point. Like, they will just throw like anything against the wall in those late, late rounds. Oh, yeah. People who have never played baseball. Yeah. Draft. Just Michael they, Vick got drafted in the MLB draft. Yeah. I my mean, dad got drafted in the MLB draft. That's a true story. It really, really <laughs> That was back when they had like 70 rounds. Okay. Well, now they're down. They still have like 30 or 40, don't they? Are Still, they, it, it's actually they've trimmed it way down. Have they? Okay, 
I mean, I think all leagues have. I mean, the NFL was, what, 13 until 1990. The NBA used to be 12 rounds until the the mid-'80s. It used to – it was 40 rounds until 2019. Now it's just 20 rounds. They've cut it Oh, wow. 20 rounds seems a little drastic to cut, by the way. It was a gigantic cut. It is. I'm not a big fan. I don't think I approve of that. I would have gone maybe to 30, but – I mean, then you always hear the Mike Piazza. He was taken in the 39th round. Yeah, those, those players. <laughs> the thing is, if you get drafted that low, it's still damn near impossible. You you have to be all world to make it. You get to like, blow up. I have a personal sto- story, like a kid that I played with in high school who was very, very good. Uh, Tyler Coon grew up with him. He ended up going to West Virginia, like led the Big East in, in hits, but he was kind of seen as a tweener, and he you know, didn't really have a position. He got drafted his junior year, came back to school, Got drafted again, like low. I, 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 I could look it up, but I want to say it was like twenty seventh round, something like that. And he tears it up in the minor leagues. Like he's he's an all star at like single A level, double A level. Gets to triple A, he's hitting like three hundred. But the White Sox had you know, their first round pick or whatever was playing the same position as him. And even though he was hitting like two oh eight, if they've invested all that money, you know, in just a, a signing bonus and mm. all these draft, like like they're going to give like the first, second, third, fourth, fifth opportunities to that kid that they've already invested that money in. Whereas if you are a guy that had you know, no signing bonus and you just worked your way up the ranks, like they're not going to to, to play you if they don't because they don't have an investment in you. So he never got a shot. He hung around the, the minors for a long time, made a Triple A for several years, but never got a shot at the big league club because like he was such a, a low draft pick. And like you you've got to be. It has to get to a point where like all the other prospects in front of you are playing poorly and you're hitting like 340 or showing like insane power numbers. For you to get a legit shot in the, in the bigs and we, get that contract. Even probably now. I mean, I don't, I, when, when was this draft? When was he drafted? Probably like. He's a year younger than me, so it would have been like, like 08, I and, guess. And so 08, much 09. has even changed since then. I mean, now with, I mean, the, the speed that these, your top picks are being called up to, like, it's almost baffling. Like, I know it's not all the same. I mean, the catcher for the, 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 uh, the Orioles, who's really good, he was first picked in the draft. He actually, they waited like four or five years to bring him up. He's like 25 now and he's killing it, but. I mean, you mentioned Jonathan in India. I mean, he was he and he was the fifth pick, but just in 2018. Yeah, like five, and, and he's been up in the league for a couple of years. Uh, he was taken actually fifth, right above, right in front of uh, Jared uh, Clinic, the Louisville kid. Who we also yeah. got rid of yeah. ninth pick in that draft was now Kyler he's Murray. <laughs> God, that's right. Remember when? Remember when it was like a done deal that he was going to play baseball? And I thought he was going to play baseball. That was when the A's weren't going to stay in Oakland. That's when you knew they were done. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know what was dumber, taking him at ninth by Oakland or the Cardinals taking him first in the, in the NFL draft. Did Kyler Murray tank the A's and send them to Las Vegas? That's the question of the day. <laughs> Speaking of question of the day, we do have a Rutherford Show question of the day. Oh, yeah. We've got some results. We've done question of the day like twice now in two weeks, which is impressive. Uh, maybe we can make it question of the week. But we've got, uh, we'll talk about those results. We've got kickoff times for the first three Louisville football games of the year. Two of them we kind of knew. The third one is the interesting one, and that will generate some groans from everybody. We've got general college football news to get to, a couple of bowl game announcements that I think are interesting. Uh, SEC Media Day is continuing. Nick Saban is politicking again. It's a year to the day that we had the Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher showdown, oh, uh, which was great radio. You were gone for that. I was. I, I was, was over so here. sad. I remember that. Yeah. We were in the OG. I was with Matt McGavick, and we were talking about it. Uh, we've got good news for a UofL freshman, Trenton Flowers, what we'll get to. It's been moving day for football and basketball, all sorts of reaction all over the place. And then, of course, we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Reminder Thornton's hooking up with the best deals all summer long. Download that refreshing rewards app. It's going to save you money at the pump. It's going to save you money inside. It's going to hook you up with a 32-ounce fountain drink for just 89 cents. Devour that bad boy. 
fill up your car, and then text us at 502-414-1450. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little football kickoff times. The excitement continues to grow for Jeff Brom's first season here at UofL. That and more after the break here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Like the, the first two was like clean. I'm like, okay. And they didn't change it to snitches. They just kind of blurred it. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I got to find. I knew there was a radio version that changed oh, the yeah, words. For sure. I mean, radio, they, they, they made DMX record, I think, multiple versions of every oh, song. Just in case a... they were like, if you want any sort of radio play, you're going to have to do this. Is there a rapper in the, between like 90 and 94 or 97 that didn't have to do that? Will Smith. I guess, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, yeah, that's that's probably the only one. <laughs> Little thirteen year old Mike was just bopping to it. It's dark and hell is hot. Like, yeah, I can relate to all this, DMX. Like, like when I'm <laughs> as I'm on my baseball trips. <laughs> when, when, a lot of times when I want to use like hip hop, I'll go like to the music video from the '90s because it's usually clean. Now, after like 2001-ish, I guess. Oh, they stopped caring. They stopped caring. I've learned very quickly. Yeah. Like, you can't even go to a music video. And even the radio edits are—I mean, they're not. They're, a lot of them don't just don't give too pleased about being on the radio they anymore. They leave little to the imagination. For yeah, sure. so. there were a couple songs even back in the '90s that I remember were like, like, like I know exactly what they're—they're they're basically saying it, and it's just yeah. It, the the best radio altered has to be Gin and Juice, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sipping on orange juice, lay back. Smoke well, hold on, smoke no, I, I, I never heard that. Like it was always like when I was growing up and it was on the radio, they always just said gin and juice. No, I remember the only you don't remember that. I don't remember which person I can swear it was on the radio. I heard it was like oh, where they do the lay back smoking, smoking, sipping on I remember the smoking smoking. Yeah. <laughs> lay back. <laughs> now, I remember the smoking smoking, but it was always gin and juice when I was listening on the radio back in the day. And then the music video definitely was just I mean this, they didn't change the name of the song. So no, the music video was, was pretty yeah, pretty, they they let that be a little more yeah, ongoing. All right, let's talk uh, <laughs> we we've got uh, oh, we got breaking news here. Oh, I don't have a breaking news via here. Travis Branham. Oh, well, Travis Brent. Uh-oh. It's a big day for Kentucky. Of course, the, the three of their starters from last year's team are making their decisions on whether Uh-oh. or not to, to go pro or come back. And I think a couple of them, there's a chance that they're going to transfer. Reeves is being targeted by Memphis State and a couple other schools. But the big fish is, of course, the 2022 National Player of the Year, Oscar Shibway, who, according to Travis Brent, I like that he puts a little caveat out there, is expected to turn pro and not return to Kentucky, dot, 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 barring any unforeseen changes. <laughs> it's the biggest recru- recruiting story of all time. Like, that's just the way that you have to phrase things. This I, I, plan, I plan on winning the winning the election and becoming president, dot, 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 
Unless I don't get all the votes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like if one of the the major elect, uh, election night, it's like, barring any unforeseen changes, dot, 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 Trump wins Ohio. It's like, well. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I will clear the poll vote, dot, 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 unless the, something something. Barring happens. any unforeseen barring changes, unforeseen. YouTube cameras installed at the Taylorsville studios next week with working computers. Is this like, is this like the, uh, the reporter's version of No Offense? Like I can't, you can't be mad at me for saying something mean to you because I prefaced it with no offense. There were bad calls both ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean what? But I mean, if you're if you're Travis, and I, I don't know Travis personally, I, I like Travis. Real quickly before we, we go any, any further than this, the, the official announcement from Sheboy is going to be made at five p.m. So we'll happen. be on the air when uh, we find out what jo- what Oscar's <laughs> going to do or not going to do. I mean, do you really want to put that? I mean, if, if you're that uncertain that something could change. I mean, are we that desperate for breaking news today that you have to put that out there with? I mean, why don't you just say, in my opinion, he's coming, he's he's gone. That's by putting the un, un, unless something changes. That's pretty much what you're saying. I assume he's. This is my opinion only. This is the and this is why I'm I'm so thankful that I don't have to do this because, you know, you hear things in certain circles and a lot of times like it is you just you want to do the whole like and I think it's part of the problem that we've had with the the fan base this summer. There's information that's out there that's legit at that time. And as much as you want to do, you're so desperate to do, like, I know something you don't know. I, I know. I, I know this. And I'm, I, like, I can't just hold it in. It's like, like Michael Scott from The Office. Like, I'm, I, I got to tell somebody. And, like, as much as you want to, you wind up running the risk of having egg, egg on your face because these types of situations do change so dramatically. And there's always a chance, especially now with NIL and with, you know, these, these recruits having so much tension and so many different things going on that something's going to change at the 11th hour. So you almost like every single report that's out there, unless it's coming from the kid himself and it's a done deal, I've signed or I've, I've, I'm in the draft or whatever, it always almost almost always has to come with a caveat of like, unless something crazy changes. And I guess that's what you, how you have to operate as, as one of these Travis Branhams, Travis Grafts, like these guys who do this for a living. But Kyle Tucker has put out a, a tweet as well saying, Sheboy's decision has been a wild ride. He told coaches early in the process that he wanted to come back. Then his reps threw out a giant NIL number. Then UK swung and missed on Dickinson to replace him. Then the staff went back to, uh-oh, we better go get Oscar. And now it looks like they struck out there, too. That's so what we call unforeseen changes. That's a disastrous scenario for UK. Because it, that does seem to follow what Hunter Dickinson... Remember when he was being recruited... He had the whole, like, I'm not going to say something, but I'm definitely going to say something, basically implying that UK coaches have told him Oscar's not coming back or mm. we want you, we don't care about Oscar. Like, he's if, if he comes back, he can go somewhere else. And then Dickinson picks Kansas, and all of a sudden it's like, let's try to work with Oscar to get that NIL number. We could be, maybe we could make something happen. And now it's he's going to go, and you're stuck without a proven big man for next season. But they still, I mean, they got a, they they got Bradshaw's coming in. They got the uh, the other kid with the the name I can't pronounce. I can't remember. Oh, me then. Yeah, he's coming back. So I guess you just hope that one of those players is going to be ready to go as a young young player. But Kentucky's very much going to have. They're going to be that same kind of test study that we are this upcoming season, where teams that are overly reliant on freshmen are not winning at a high level in college basketball anymore, and they aren't going to have that veteran presence that I think they thought they were going to when last season ended. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Reeves announcement coming up later and whoever the uh, – I mean, but Damian Collins transferred to LSU. They've lost a couple of other guys. Was Toppin eligibility left? Toppin's gone, right? He's gone. I, I didn't know. I don't remember if he had 
I've given up on trying to remember. It, just because the guy's a senior doesn't mean he can't come back to this. Oh, it's thing. impossible to remember. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I, that, and I know Tom was a senior, but so was Reeves, right? When he like a, a, he was a transfer senior, right? I think that Toppin said that he was. Where did he? Was, where was Reeves from? What do you mean? Where, where did Reeves transfer from? I can't remember now. Um. Oh, well, I'll look it up here. I mean, I think he was just like, wasn't he just a, a, a junior last year? Uh, he was Illinois State, by the way, is where it was. That's right. You're yeah. right. And and, and uh, I mean, he was listed as a senior right here. I'm looking at, I mean, I could be okay. wrong. But... I I'm with you. I can't keep yeah. track. But I know he's got one year of eligibility. Okay. And he's being targeted. I think Illinois is going after him hard. So is um, Memphis, as, as I said earlier. I, th- like, There's a very real chance that Reeves announces that he's coming back to college, but he's transferring somewhere else. So okay. we'll see. I mean, you know, they've got three big decisions today. It seems like the most likely scenario is them going 0 for 3 or 1 for 2. But they'll, they'll be a very interesting case study next season. Uh, speaking of case studies, Ugana was the guy that the Ugo guy was the the big guy you were thinking of, I think. Right, I, just, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I, I, I'm I'm sure I screwed it up too. Um, <laughs> I know I said we're going to talk football here, but this does lead us right into the, the conversation for the Rutherford Show question of the day, and this has kind of become the de facto topic of the week in U of L sports circles. And I knew it was going to. I, I basically just wanted to get a gauge on where the fan base is, and again. These are Twitter polls that are going to get two, 3,000 votes. So it's a, it's a fairly large sample size, but certainly not fully indicative of the entire fan base and where they stand. And this question is also one where I feel like you can't form the perfect answers because they're so – and the question I'm talking about is basically what does Kenny Payne have to do in your eyes to get a year three? If you were the AD, forget what you think about what Josh Hurd is going to do or whatever. If you were the AD, where would you draw the line? Where would you set the bar? What would you say needs to happen in order for Kenny Payne to get a, a third year? And when you put these these just black and white answers, there's no room for like you were talking about yesterday. Like, what if we win 19 games, but there's a whole bunch of injuries and, and you know, we, we steadily improve over the season, or yeah, you know, something else goes right. Like, there's, there's no wiggle room there. Um, so I, I thought that one of the last two choices was going to win. I was curious to see which one it is, and 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 here's what we said. So. Again, the question, if you are the UofL athletic director, where do you set the bar for Kenny Payne in year two in order for him to get a year three? The four options that I settled on were, one, he gets year three regardless. Doesn't matter what he does. In, in your eyes, we can't afford to buy him out, or he needs a year three to develop. Whatever your rationale is, he gets a year three regardless. That's option one. Number two, 10 to 15 wins. Slight improvement from last season, but still in the in relation to U of L's historical standards, a really bad season. Three, 16 to 20 wins. That puts you, and, and, and again, this is one of those where there's no room for nuance. Like 16 wins, you're probably, you got a losing overall record. If you win 20 games, you might have a shot at playing in the NIT, maybe depending on the you know, how the ACC fares and how you do in non conference play. Maybe you'd have an outside shot at making the NCAA tournament. So 16 to 20 is kind of a, a wide range in college basketball. But that was option three. And then four, very straightforward, got to make the NCAA tournament. And I thought that based on based on the responses I saw to Rick Bozich's story from earlier this week when Bartorvik projected that Louisville would go 12-19 and 19 this season, I saw a lot of people saying, look, it's, it's year two. This is Louisville, for God's sake. Uh, transfers are immediately eligible unless something's weird going on there. We got a top three class. Like, let's – you should make the NCAA tournament in your second year. I thought that that might win. I thought it would be close between that and 16 to 20 wins. But what, what what's your guess? What, what do you think 
has the most votes in this poll. We're at about 1,600 votes right now. Um, I would have – I can't, I can't lie. I, have, I've, I had voted, okay. so I'd seen, I had to get a tease. But in all honesty – but not knowing, I would have probably guessed the one that is, I think, is leading, which is 16 to 20. 16 to 20 wins. Now, I will say this as I look at, because I just voted from another account because that's how I do it. Uh, both my votes were to make the NCAA tournament, which is in second. I am shocked that option one of three, regardless. It's getting more love than option two. Has gotten, more, has gotten as much love as it did. Not even more than number two, but just as much as it has. And I'll let you reveal that number, but like if as I'm saying this, people are thinking, what is it like 20, 30? Is it up? Not that high, but it's still high than I actually admitted to think it would be. Yeah. So, so again, the, the response about 1600 votes here, 7.3, and it just updated. So now that those two options are both equal, 7.3% of people have said he gets a year three regardless. Doesn't matter what happens this year, <laughs> the man's coming back. We go, we, we go 0 and 32. He's coming back. Would Four you, wins in two seasons. He would, gets year three. Would you think even out of sixteen hundred votes, you think seven percent would have said that? I thought it was going to be like two percent. That's I'm the same way, and most of them are probably UK fans trolling. I would think. Eh, maybe that's it, always possible. I think, but still, seven point three. Is there a margin here for UK? If troll? the number's that high, that means there is a legitimate contingency of Louisville fans that are voting for that. I'd say. Yeah. And yet, there are a couple people in the responses who who said that they voted for that. Okay. Well, seven point three percent also goes to the ten to fifteen wins. The second answer, the leader, as you predicted, and, and were correct. Is 16 to 20 wins. 45.1% of people say that would get Kenny Payne a year three for them. And then pretty close second, 40.4% say he must make the NCAA tournament in year two, which is kind of that's been the, the, the party line for this show since before we even hired Kenny Payne. I think you and I, we both. You can check the tapes on this. We've been consistent. Yeah. We laid out a four-year vision for whoever the head coach was going to be, even given the fact that the state of UL basketball was diminished. I think year one, we said we wanted to be you know, showing uptick in in competitiveness. We wanted the effort level to go up, and we wanted to have at worst a season that was like the one year before, ideally slightly improved from the the Mike Begees, Chris Mack season. That did not happen. Year two, we said make the NCAA tournament. Year three, we said you know, make the NCAA tournament easily, be competitive with the top tier of the ACC, be you know, looking at like a top five, top six, top four seed in the NCAA tournament. And then year four, it should be all systems firing. Like, you, you know, you've had long enough there. We should be getting in the recruits you want. You should have installed your culture. We should be back to competing among the elite of the elite. So to me, my stance doesn't change because we went four and 28 in year one. My stance still says it's Louisville. It's an era where programs are being flipped on their heads from one year to the next. You should make the NCAA tournament if you are a top 10 coach in the sport or have the ability to become a top 10 coach in the sport. But I don't call the shots here. And a you know, it's close, but a segment of the fan base is saying, and I get the people in the responses who are saying, there's a big difference between 16 and 20. It's, 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 you're casting a large umbrella. There's only a limited number of, of you can only give four poll options here. 20 wins, making the NIT and winning a couple of games in the NIT is very different than 16 wins and not playing in any postseason tournament. But that's... It's the only way we can do this here. We can't have like 17 different options on the poll. If we could, I mean, you can win 20 I'd games nowadays and not make the tournament for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of baffling. I would me, argue but... that it's more likely than not next year if we win 20 games that we won't make the NCAA tournament because of the diminished status of the ACC. And you know, what we still don't really know what our non conference schedule is going to look like, but I think it's fairly likely that we don't play a ton of tough games outside of New York and Kentucky 
Um, and then we don't even know if we're going to be in the, the SEC challenge. So we'll see. But um, I, I, 20 wins probably not going to be enough to get you in the tournament. But it, you would be in the conversation. It would be nice to win 20 games. I would take 20 games. 20 wins should be, to me, that that's if we're going to be good in year three, if he's going to be having us competing for titles and Final Fours in year four, he should be able to win 20 games with this roster. I, know, I just feel like if you, if you are, if, if 16 to 20 is like your content moment in year two, you're almost just like accepting that year one was a mulligan. Like we didn't even exist. Which happen. I think is where people are. And I, 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 I'm with you. I don't, I don't I, I'm not there either, but I think a lot of people are. I just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's an age thing. Because, I mean, as you get older, this, the opportunities are getting slimmer and slimmer here, okay? I don't, have to, I, don't have, I don't have time to waste a year on a mulligan right now, all right, people? We got to get things done. I want, I, want, I, want a, I want a fourth title before I go. I think a lot of people, too, are caught up in the construction of rosters the way that it was done for the bulk of our lifetimes, where it was bringing a bunch of talented young players, kind of the way that college baseball has done it up until now, where big recruiting class, they kind of get thrown to the fire. You have a hopefully good overachieving season, but you're not a realistic national title threat. Those players take a gigantic leap forward in year two. You become a really good program. And then year three, boom, we're right there. We're preseason top five. We're competing for national titles, which is kind of the way that it worked under Rick Pitino. Now, he did do a good job as time went on of of reloading and, and, and having us in that conversation every year. But I think a lot of people are seeing this recruiting class and seeing the the lack of upperclassmen on the roster and saying, you know, well, we're, we're building for the future. It's not the way that it works anymore. Also, like, there's, like I said yesterday, there's no guarantee that these freshmen, if they show great promise but they're inconsistent, and we're like, man, but watch out for that kid as a sophomore, there's no guarantee that he's going to be back for a sophomore year in this day and age. Also, this is no respect to Kenny Payne because this is a high, high level to put you on, but when you talk about coaches who – Make players and get the most out of players and develop players. Rick Pitino is in your like your like upper echelon Hall of Fame of college coaches that that have that history. No and, question. And so for him, for you to say, well, we're bringing a young team, you know, a team with a bunch of three stars, some three star kid out of Seattle named Terrence Williams. You know, I trust in Rick Pitino. I, I trust him to see. You know, I, I don't need to worry about him bringing in a five star kid. And usually, I was more worried when he did bring in a five star kid sometimes. But I don't need to worry about it. Kenny Payne. I don't know. Just in one year, I I don't have that. You know, despite the reputation of being the big man whisperer, last year didn't give me the warm and cozy feelings that he's going to bring in a young team again this year and they're just going to get all better. I mean, James did improve last year, but also, I mean, can I credit that to, to Kenny Payne or can I credit that just getting the rust of an Achilles injury off of him and as the year went along? Yeah, I think that's a valid question, and we talked about it. I think Greer came on the show one time and discussed the fact that you know, he went to practice a couple of times early on in that, you know, that, that preseason leading into what would eventually be Chris Mack's final year, and he was like, Mike James was the second or first best player yeah. during those practices. I he, remember he, that, like, yeah. He was going head-to-head with guys competing for a starting spot. He's like, I was shocked at how good he was, and then he has that Achilles injury. I think it's a, it's a fair question. You know, right, that takes you don't get back. I mean, it takes you can be playing in a year after Achilles, and this time a year ago, most doesn't take two years to get full strength. He wasn't fully cleared until like practice had already started last yeah. year. He you know he wasn't a full go when pra- when full board uh, practices started in in September, uh, late September, early October of last season, and so it's understandable why he would come along a little bit slowly. So I think it's uh, you. I mean, as a fan. I clearly want to give the benefit of the doubt to the coaching staff and say, look what they did with Mike James. Look at how much better his, uh, he got as the year went along. But maybe he's just that good, and he just needed to get his you know, his, I mean, his playing 
strength back. Is there anybody I'm missing that that, that improved from I me? Mean, I guess you can argue trainer maybe, but I mean, I feel like trainer may be under the same boat as James where he just he didn't even play last year and it's getting the rest off. And Trainer also got a lot of what he got because he just played hard. He hustles, yeah. That's, that's a very good point. I mean, so was there any improvement really in anybody other than James last year through the season? I, I do think that Ellis got better as the year went on. Okay. His turnover numbers went way down. They still were too high at the end of the year, but they were astronomically high at the beginning of the season. And he and you know, he got more comfortable in his role as time went on. I, th- I think that he got better as the season progressed. Um, but, like, Holly Hatfield, I, I don't think, ever got any better than he was mean, at the beginning yeah. of the season. Um, I think Trainer did get better. Uh, again, a lot of what he got was just pure effort-based, and that stood out on a team that a lot of times was lacking. <laughs> Try, <in effort>. yeah. <laughs> we didn't see enough of a, a core of four to really have an idea. No. Uh, Hersey Miller, I don't think, you know, he always was an effort guy. I don't think that his skill level really, we didn't really get a chance to see enough of him to, to no. know. Withers never improved. Withers definitely did not improve. I mean, Lands, I guess maybe did. I mean, Lands was all about he just couldn't make shots. Like he, he, was, you could just, which, he looked timid too. Very. At the I'm of the fully season. on the record as saying this, and this is a controversial take. You've got to make shots in <laughs> basketball. Got to make them. And he would. He he was good at the, as the season went on at getting himself good looks. He just didn't shoot well, uh, which is I mean Curry a big part of the game. Took steps back. Wheeler was barely seen. Baselli. I mean, who knows? I mean, Re, God knows, Zampain, maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, other than James, and- I did like Zan Morris season one. <laughs> I mean, and Ellis, and, and not to be you know negative, Nancy over here, even though that's my mom's name. I mean, you, you talk about Ellis improving, you could also be just adjusting to the role as well, and it's not, for sure it instead could of be. improving. So, I mean, if I wanted to, you know, be devil's advocate over here, which is something Nick Coffee loved with that the role I played. Now, some some of the responses here I thought were interesting from the, the poll. Um, Case says, I voted 16 to 20, but with the caveat that those 16 to 20 wins have them flirting with the bubble and they aren't all pushover opponents. Again, you can have, there are very, we talk about this with football a lot, but it's true in basketball as well. There are very different types of like 20 and 11 seasons. There's a 20 and 11 season where you beat everybody that you should beat, but you lose to everybody that you should lose to. And that's just, you know, it's whatever. And there's a 20 and 11 season where you're pulling all kinds of upsets. You're proving that you're, you know, you're, you're a, better team than your record would indicate, but you dealt with some injuries or you just were young at the beginning of the season and so the losses stockpiled. So I get that. And again, it's not a perfect poll by any stretch of the imagination. To be fair, we last year we lost to the teams we were supposed to beat in as well. Well, last year was <laughs> there's no discussion about four and twenty eight. There's there's no if we go four and twenty eight again this year, I think we're all Kind of on the same page, except for those year three exists. regardless voters, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Tech uh, DA says I'm okay with 16 to 20 wins if the effort is dramatically improved. And in March of next year, I have a few months of worth of evidence to answer, answer the question: What are Kenny Payne's offensive and defensive philosophies? Because it's been a year and we have no idea what the answer is. I keep seeing that topic get brought up more, and I've been harping on this now for like, basically since December of this past year, like where. I still don't know what the style is. I, I no. don't know what we, how we want to do certain things. I would like to have the answers to those questions if we don't get them like verbally from Kenny Payne before the season by late November of next year. We should know what he wants to play, how he wants to defend high ball screens, what type of of offense we're going to try to run. Like that shouldn't still be murky after one full season of basketball, regardless of how bad you were. I wonder. Season. I wonder your Twitter handle Kenny Payne doing great things voted. I think that may be an ironic sort of <laughs> handle. He didn't know. He actually commented and voted 
get three years regardless. That Then I'm guessing it's an ironic. <laughs> uh, Tim Doherty, uh, former UL kicker, says over under 15 wins is a fair benchmark. Love Tim. Disagree. I love the Texans like, barring a pandemic, the current roster stay, showing up for practice, I could tell like, how many more caveats need to throw in there to say 20 wins? 20 wins. <laughs> like, like, three, like two paragraphs of things that could go wrong to stop us. Marsha says, with these guys, NCA all the way. Uh, Andrew says, for me, I would say 20, 16 to 20 wins, NCA attorney bubble or first four out and NIT run. I think Hurd is probably thinking he'll get a third year regardless unless he wins four again or less. Um, I mean, if, he, if he's looking at a four-win season, does he even finish the season? I would hope not, but you never know. That's, gosh, that's Sham Gosh, question. which is a great Twitter handle, says 10 to 15 wins being enough is laughable. How could that be good enough? I picked 16 to 20, but there must be extenuating circumstances for the low end of this to be enough. This team should make the tourney. If KP makes enough blunders costing the team wins, a head coach change may be needed. I, I, mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I've been somewhat on an island with this for the last few months, and maybe it is overly harsh. Maybe I'm just not reading the room. Some of the stuff that I read when we talk about the expectations for this, I feel like I'm insane. When like, Let's go back 16 months ago when Louisville's in the midst of, of Chris Mack's final season and we know it's a sinking ship and we know there's a new coach coming. Imagine telling people, we're going to hire a new coach and in year two after a very bad first season, I'm not even going to tell you how bad, but it's worse than this year. And in year two, he might get you to 500. Imagine selling somebody on hiring that guy 16 months ago. We would have let everybody. I'm saying we, you, me, everybody listening, everybody texting, everybody responding on Twitter would have laughed that idea in the face. I'm still laughing about it a little bit. <laughs> and now it's become a, a legitimate topic of discussion. I don't. Sad. I don't. It, it is sad. I, I don't understand how we've gotten to this point. And I'm not like this whole. I've never been the, you know, we've got to go to the Final Four every year. We've got to win the championship every single season. Is No, but my God, we, like, we're talking about a, a head coach that we hope can win us national titles at some point, and after the worst season in the history of the program, we're like, man, if he can win 15 games, that's good. What are we doing? Imagine if you had told anybody that we're going to bring in Mick Cronin, and he's going he's gonna to have a rough go of it his first year, but year two... He's gonna get you to fifteen and eighteen. People would be like, "That's the worst idea." Keep his ass in Los Angeles. Let him do whatever he's doing in UCLA. I don't want anybody that's gonna have us at fifteen and eighteen in year two. And yet, I, I mean, I, I guess this is Kenny Payne's inexperience working for him in the court of public opinion. People are like, you know, he's a young coach. Well, then we shouldn't have hired him then. The job is the job. You don't get to grow into the job. You hire somebody who's ready for the job. And if you can't win more than 15 games in year two at a place like Louisville, you're not going to be able to hack it here. I'm sorry. I can't believe that we're even having this discussion, but we are. And again, maybe I'm just out of touch. Maybe I'm not taking it enough into like, – maybe, maybe we will win 14 or 15 games next season, and year three will be better, and then year four we're going to win a national title, and I'll look very, very dumb. I just don't see that happening. I, I just I can't believe that we're, we've fallen that far to where this is a legitimate discussion as we head into the summer months. But – who would refer to Payton as a young coach? Young in, in terms of him not having ever been a head coach before. Yeah, but when you, when you got 15 years as, as, a, as, a, as a top assistant amongst two top two high, you know power five programs and an NFL stint, an NBA stint, and I mean, 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, there was I expected some head coaching bumps along the way in the beginning, but I you, you shouldn't like expect them like you're hiring some like 32 year old like wet behind the ears kid who just was an assistant for like a year somewhere. And you wouldn't hire him at Louisville. That's the whole no, point. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah. Do we need? Part of me kind of wishes we had Malik Williams' background right by now. What? I mean, <laughs> we need somebody to, to get pain out the door. Malik, oh, I, I wasn't sure where you were going there. He can get Mac and pretty much everybody else fired. Let's get this is Malik. He's not doing anything, right? He do a press conference for us. He's playing professionally. <laughs> where at? Uh, he well, actually was like an MVP. Wherever he was, he played really well this season. Oh, really? Because uh, he came back, he was did some videos for U of L um, after the, his season was done. But he was, I think, he, I want to say like Israel. Um, it was a relatively high profile league. Good. Yeah, I'm happy for Malik. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk a little football. First three games, we'll take some texts from you guys. Polish 502, basketball league. 414-1450. And then we will uh, hit, hit up the, the football discussion. <laughs> Thank you, Trev. I'm sorry. The name of the team is Anwil. Uh, okay, uh, let's, we gotta go to break. <laughs> Four o'clock hours on the way next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Stop. Stop. Shut them down. Open up shop. Oh, no. That's how rough riders go. Stop. Stop. Shut them down. Open up shop. Oh, no. That's how rough riders go. Stop. Stop. Shut them down. Open up shop. Oh, no. That's how rough riders go. Stop. I rock rough and stuff with my iPhone pumps. Hey, rock with your bad I rock with my bad soap cause it's the must. Is the lady of rage still kicking up dust? So what? Uh, let me loosen up oh, my bra strap and um, I'm let me loosen up my bra strap. Cause I'ma break it down to the nitty gritty one time when it comes to the. I'm all for it. We need more of that. Who who doesn't remember Lady of Rage rock rough and stuff with their Afro pubs? I I actually I I very much enjoy the song. I mean. It's... Another song that I was like Amazing driving around she blasting. Never, she never made it back to the song. I'm like 16 years old. I'm like, yeah, me too. Same. <laughs> he had Snoop Dogg just in there just doing the one cameo. Yeah. This was on the Above the Rim soundtrack. That's how I knew it. Because I, oh, okay. I actually, I bought the Above the Rim soundtrack. Oh, and right. I don't even remember. What, there used to be like a record store close to Tinseltown. And they were having like, it may, have been, it may have been a bookstore that also sold music. But well, I remember they had a like. a million sold CDs. It, but it wasn't books a million. Yeah, they sold the Walmart version CDs too, by the way. Right. Yeah. So I, I remember I bought it. They had like a one of those where like they would put a bunch of the albums in boxes like outside, and it was like you know f- these albums are like five dollars. Yeah. And I bought the Above the Rim know. soundtrack. I couldn't help but notice your pain. It runs deep. Share it with me. Uh, I bought that, and I bought the soundtrack too. Was it was a terrible movie that Ice Cube was in? Torque? No. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm narrowing the field. Torque actually made money, by the way. Oh, I can't remember. I just, my buddy one day texted me. He was like, there's a movie called Torque On. This is awful. And it made like $20 million. I'm like, who paid to see that crap? Um, <laughs> now that's going to drive me Ice Cube or Ice Cube? Ice Cube. Okay. Uh, it was not a good movie. I mean, that, that doesn't really narrow it down sometimes. I know. I, it, I'm, I've still never seen Fist Fight. I wonder if that's any good. I don't know. It's because it's a comedy. And I, 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 I've. Gone on record to say like I don't like any of the new current comedy. Uh, Trespass was the movie. That sounds familiar. I don't, it, it shouldn't because the only reason why I know about it is because I I bought the soundtrack for five dollars from a bookstore. Well, for record, it has Ice Cube and Ice T in it. Does it really? <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah, uh, it was his second movie. 
Uh, and it came out right between Boys in the Hood and CB4. Okay. So, two, have you ever seen CB4? I've never seen CB4. CB4 is hilarious. You Love should, you should watch it. It's it's an underrated comedy from the early 90s. Okay. That's going to make the list. Take your word for it. Um, <laughs> it's got Chris Rock in it. The second hour here of the Michael. I wasn't expecting to get so worked up last hour. I just think, you know, the, why did you get, why? Why do you want some, I mean, you're the lowered man. expectations for basketball. Just, they, they just, they get me going. I hate seeing my program like in the state. I hate I hate having these conversations. I mean, do we need to put remember only ninety three days? Don't normalize fifteen win seasons, folks. It's not normal. It's not normal. Um, moving on though, we'll turn the page here. We will take the text. I'm sure the text line will bring us back at later this hour. But there was relatively big news in, in the world of, of U of L football and. Any news on May 31st is big news. We're desperate for anything. But the ACC announced the kickoff times for the first three games for every member of the conference earlier today. We pretty much knew, uh, given the fact that our first game is a Friday night game and our second game is a Thursday night game, you you knew it's a, you know, it's, we're we're looking at 730, we're looking at eight, we're looking at seven, we're looking at whatever. Good time. Yeah. But uh, we we found out officially the, the big question was what do we get for this Indiana game in week three? Well, the first game against Georgia Tech. In the Chick Fil A kickoff game down there at Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta, is going to be a 7:30 kickoff. It will be a a game that's on ESPN. That's that. I mean, you'll have a lot of eyeballs on Jeff Brom's first game because it's that first weekend of big time college football. That Friday night is not loaded with a whole lot of competition. If you're watching football on that first Friday night, which a lot of people are going to be desperate enough to do, you got no NFL going on at the same time. You're probably going to be watching Louisville versus Georgia Tech. So that should be a a good first opening stage for this season. Hopefully. Hopefully. We thought last year about Syracuse game, but hopefully this year we get off to a better start. They got more trust in this year, no offense. I do too. <laughs> Although last year was more about Syracuse than it was about us. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you, that's actually 100% true. We, our confidence was based on the, our confidence that they sucked more than we did. It is crazy looking back. You know, We have all these big offseason conversations that always wind up looking, not always, but most of the time wind up looking foolish when you get to the actual season. If you had a Mike Rutherford show broadcast from like July 2nd, it'd be you and me talk, being like, what, I mean, if we only beat Syracuse by 10, then, like, you know, how worried are we moving forward? And then we just get our asses handed to us in week one. I don't think at any point we thought we were going to lose that game. No, and if we did, we thought it was going to be very close, not 31-7. to 7. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, they smoked. It was bad. Like a doobie, yeah. uh, week two, UofL, short week, six days until they take the field again for their home opener Thursday night, September 7th against Murray State. That will be, as you might have guessed, an ACC network game that will kick off at 7.30 p.m. I'll take it over ballots. By the way, the only other competition we have that night is the Battle of Miami, Ohio and Florida at 7 p.m. on the ACC yeah, network. You're not watching that. No one's <laughs> it's Louisville GC. That, that's something that you get. Why don't they sell that? The Battle of Miami. Now, the, the big news here is yeah, the third game. Yeah. So Louisville's going to play Indiana for the first time since 1986. Crazy. It's a neutral, technically, Neutral field game in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. That kickoff, unfortunately for card fans looking to make the the same day trip up there, or sleep in, is going to be a noon kickoff uh, on the Big Ten Network. Are you ready for my conspiracy theory here? Boo! I hate. I both hate and love nooners. Are you ready for my conspiracy theory? Here? Uh, yeah, give it to me. So we've talked about the fact that Indiana wants no part of the series, right? We we signed a three year deal with them. We're going to play this game in Indianapolis. We're going to play at uh, Cardinal Stadium next year and then in Bloomington in two years. And they have said, after the schedule was already out, like, we don't want to play. We want we, Buy us out of this. We'll, we'll buy you out $2 million per game. We don't want to play you guys. 
And we said, look, we, we can't find another opponent for this season. We can talk about the next two years, but you're locked in for 2023. Indiana, in coercion with the, the Big Ten Network, they're trying to bury this game. They don't want anybody watching this. They, they're screwing wow. the Louisville fans who wanted to make the same day trip up there, get a lot of tailgating in, enjoy the festivities in, in Indianapolis before watching Louisville kick the absolute crap out of Indiana. And Indiana is just, they're doing whatever they can to make this game as not visible and as hard on Louisville fans as possible because they're pissed that they're having, having to actually play it. I mean, it's Indiana football. Is it really that hard to keep it off the, the radar of everybody? Louisville fans. Oh, they, yeah. Okay. They want it as, I guess, their own fans too. They want as few people watching as possible. They're screwing us over. And I do feel bad because I've heard a decent number of Louisville fans who like making road trips for away games who are like, I'm not going to Atlanta for week one because we've got the the Indianapolis trip coming up in week yeah. three. So we're going to go up there that day, tailgate all day, and then go to the game. And then we'll, we'll either stay the night there or we'll make the trip back. And now, I mean, if you want to get up there and tailgate, you got to leave it like, you know, like four in the morning. You're leaving at 7 a.m. to get in, I don't know, a solid hour and a half of tailgating before you get into the stadium. It's just not really feasible. It just it sucks for local fans who are trying we're trying to make that into a day. Now, if you want to go up there the night before and party a little bit, spend the night, then get up and just go to the game, you can make that happen. But that's probably a tougher sell on fans who are trying to save a little bit of money than just going up there and then coming back the same day. Anything so less than, that kind of sucks. Anything less than two hours, is that really consider tailgating? I mean, yeah, that's boring. I mean, you're you're playing fast and loose with that speed term. tailgating. Yeah, that's because I mean, by the time you park and get get everything set up and. I mean, that's you're talking. That's thirty minutes right there, probably right there for you with the elaborate, scene, you know, setups that some people have nowadays. Depending on your mindset, that's all. I sometimes guess, that's right. all the time you need. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, if you're gonna ta- if you're going to tailgate, which I mean, noon games are kind of hard to tailgate for anyway, a little bit. But if you are, I mean, yeah, you might as well just stay up there. You might as well go up and grab a hotel room, if not in Indianapolis, maybe somewhere close to it, or your drive is just you know, hop, skip, and a jump away the next morning. So that kind of sucks. That, it does that suck. just yeah, it's not not ideal. But hey. what's any two hours? Yeah, it's about two. It's about two away. Yeah, a little bit, maybe more, depending on how you drive. Yeah. All that matters though is winning all three of these games, getting off to three zero start, and then turning our focus to BC and NC State, and then Notre Dame. Let's get it done. But I like the first two under the lights. I like the weeknight. I like the extra attention. I don't like the mm-hmm. noon kickoff. But as long as we take care of business against IU, I'm going to be fine with it. Oh, I, I believe I believe we will. I'm looking forward to. Listening to the pain and suffering that Don Fisher has in his voice on our airwaves when that game occurs. You love Don Fisher. I do love Don, but you know, it's kind of bad day to be a Denison. <laughs> I wonder if Scoot. I mean, I wonder if Scoot will actually bet anything on this game, or if he just doesn't, still doesn't claim to be an IU football fan. Well, that's I mean that the the, the word there, that we get from people who know Scoot is that he doesn't really care. Is about there IU really football. anything that annoys you more about a fan that says I'm I like I. When you when you when you have a college team, but you like, oh, I'm a big basketball fan. I don't root for the football team. Are you talking about every UK fan that I knew grew on growing up? <laughs> yeah. Besides, like one, or, or nothing. Nothing drove me more insane. Like I, I'm not like I'm more of a lover than a fighter, and I don't even get much loving to begin with. But nothing wanted me to kick someone in the groin more when they be like. I'm a Kentucky basketball and Louisville football fan. Back oh, I can't. Like, no, I, I, you got no. that in the late '90s, like early, to, mostly in the early 2000s, after Tim Couch especially left. Like you get that, or even in the, uh, that's. Oh, I used to hate that. But yeah, if you're like, I've talked about a friend of mine who's like a, a big Ohio State fan, but he like roots for Duke in basketball. <laughs> there were there were a couple of like I knew people growing up who were UK basketball but Florida State football fans. 
And like, I hate every this time show. that we've back when we had season tickets uh, up until just a couple of years ago, whenever Florida State came to town, there would always be Florida State fans ar- around us, or we'd walk into them, and invariably. Like seventy five percent of the time, they're like, "I'm actually, I live here. I'm actually a big UK basketball fan. I just, oh. I always liked Florida State growing up, and I'm just, I'm a diehard." And I was like, "I'm gonna drop kick your ass out of the field." I this mean, is, you can't do that. I, I, I was it's not yeah. allowed. I mean, it's it's bad enough to root have two favorite college teams, depending on your sport. But if you, you if you are a IU fan, you're a Georgia Tech fan, you're a Louisville fan, Kentucky fan, a Mississippi State fan, I don't care the university, Western Kentucky. You're a, if you're if you're a Western fan, you're a Western fan in basketball, football, baseball. You may not be the most successful in every sport. I've become a big Oklahoma softball fan recently. <laughs> <laughs> Diehard since 2021. <laughs> I was mostly a Tennessee fan until recently myself. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Now you mentioned you had a friend that we called out in your airwaves one time who was a Ohio State slash Duke fan, which you you can't do. By the way, that's also the commissioner of my little my football league, but I won't leave that alone. I was going to say that guy. was I was going to transition to the fact that we caused some drama. Oh yeah, by you bringing up oh, you man. brought up your commissioner. It was there was universal agreement on Friday that you can't have a commissioner who just makes moves unilaterally. There has to be votes. Yeah, and apparently he didn't take it well. No, no. I hesitate was... to even bring this up. I don't want to cause more division. And Ryan I Miles, can't, I can't go into it because I. I'm, Ryan yeah. Miles is messaging, messaging me on IG. He's like, "You guys have caused a huge rift in the oh, league. You have no it's idea. huge drama." I'm like, "Well, this is what I'm here. I'm not in the league, so I I don't mind if Rome burns. I'm I, fine with watching. Yeah, it. I'm glad that if I were you, I'd be the same way. I'd be sit back and like Rihanna, just sit back and watch it burn. Uh, I yeah, it was. That was a rough, it was a rough weekend. He threatened to quit the league. I mean, it was yeah. He was genuinely very pissed. That, that I, 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 uh, I suppose. I guess I don't know. Maybe I, I was meaner than I thought I was. I didn't. I didn't foresee it. I thought I. I thought I. You know, I, I made it clear that he, you know he's a good guy. He does try. He's not like classic good guy. This is classic firing the coach mentality <laughs> terminology. He's a great man. He just he couldn't hack it here as a coach. He's got to go. This is great leadership. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't a great commissioner. I, I think he, one of the things he's mad at me about. I, I was. I, I replied to him during like one of our, our, our back and forth was this like he was like you could at least said you know I do a good job. I'm like I did. I even went back and listened. I do. I say good guy does a great job. I just happened to, to sandwich it in between. You've missed the playoffs three years and then calling you Commissioner Goebbels. You know I just it was it was there though. It was sandwiched in. Uh, for those that are on on bated breath and on the end of their seat wanting to know how this turned out. Uh, what I did complain about did go to a vote, and what he was going to initiate without a vote actually won the vote. Okay. I.e. the keeper That's, thing. See? There you go. Just put it up to a vote. Yeah. Let the people decide. I know. But, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to get crap for this, too, because someone's going to post this on our page now, this clip, and I'm gonna he's going to come back at me for it again. But, uh, hey. At I'm least not, be happy. Duke's going to be really good what, at basketball what, this what, year. What the hell? Hey, what, what, what point in my life I ever learned not to put my foot in my mouth, right? So why start now to know that this is the point where I draw the line and stop talking? Uh, yeah, he's yeah. That was it was. I felt like I was in high school again over that after that show. I was shocked that again, it caused that much. Uh, I, it but, wasn't just him. Like I'm, I'm in the middle, of, like trying to talk to him. I can tell he's upset. Like I'm starting. I actually felt. I do feel bad. Like I didn't mean to like hurt his. Like literally hurt his feelings. Uh, and so I'm not trying to apologize to you him. Shouldn't feel bad. He's the worst commissioner of all time. <laughs> yeah, that's him saying it, dude. Not me. It's terrible. Uh, but then I've got other people in the league text me like, dude, he's mad. I'm like, I know. Like, I'm aware of this. I'm attempting to – I actually made a video and apologized to him. Like, I produced a video 
and and, and put it on the, on the page to, to tell him I was wow. sorry. Wow, that's how that's how much I like. Once you it, value the league, yes, I value the league. I value his. Pr- I've known him for. I like think 20 you should years. be he's, commissioner. You're very selfless. No, he's, he's a good friend. He does a great job. That uh, should be the launching. This is how your your campaign <laughs> launches. This is this is your Barack Obama 2004 Democratic National Convention moment. Yeah, I don't think you found the uh, political uh, attack ads that I should do against him, like you said, as funny as I did. But yeah, but you're, you're <laughs> this is your folksy nature. You're doing the whole like you know. I'm not really criticizing, but I'm actually criticizing. And like I, I would never go against He's you. He's been our commissioner you. all 15 years. Now you need to start messaging people behind his back and being like, hey, <laughs> if I did run, could I count on your support? I was the part of me. <laughs> the, what, what, the whole time, though, I tried, to, I tried to do a turnaround on him in the middle of this, by the way. You know, you know when you're arguing with the, you try to do the turnaround, they're like, hey. Them. No, hey. My, my blame was, he, I was like, listen, this isn't the first time I've talked about the, the, the league on the show. I've talked it's about true. it multiple times, just on not just on your show with you for the last two years, but even in like in my 15 years of radio, I was like, "But you've never listened to my own show." Is that I'm now I'm offended. I love it. Now I'm that, hurt. That's great, right it there. It didn't work. <laughs> it did not fly. If anybody should be mad, it should be me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you didn't even listen. You just you just caught a clip. I can't believe that this someone is, posted on there. I can't believe this is the same guy who's the Ohio State uh, Duke fan. He's diehard Ohio the State. The fact that he wasn't more mad, because we were meaner to him about that than we were mean about the commissioner. Well, thing. no one, I don't think, I think, I guess he's gotten over that because I've been mean to him about that for years. I mean, deservedly so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we're just joking. <laughs> I mean, there's, but there's someone else in my league that like was like a, a quote unquote big Packers fan. And the best part about this story is he, last year, like, I would give him crap because he'd be like, I like Stephon Diggs when he's with the Vikings. I'm like, you're a Packer fan. You can't root for a Viking. Yeah. And he's like, well. And then last year he finally admitted, he's like, I'm not even going to. He hates Aaron Rodgers, political reasons, I think, mostly. And he's like, I, I'm just, I'm done with the Packers. This is before last season started. Oh, you've told the story before. Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to be a Jets fan. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, good luck with that. And just the irony that then he would become a Jet is just now so. Like, you can't write things like that in Hollywood. You can't. But yeah, I, we 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 can't bring up fantasy football apparently anymore. I'm sure. Well, we just talked football. about it for like five minutes. So, <laughs> oh wow! How did you segue? I'm me? trying to set your world on fire. How did you segue me into that? That's, that's what I do. Uh, we've got to, real quickly, but we'll, we'll take text after the break. But oh, last note on the UVL football front: twenty four seven Sports they came out with their final transfer portal individual and team rankings for this twenty twenty three cycle. They've got three Louisville players in the top one hundred of, the, of their individual rankings. Marcus Washington, the corner. Let me start by saying, I don't know how the hell you could possibly rank something like this, but we're giving it attention because they are. Like, how, how do you rate a, a four-star guy who you've seen a lot of versus a, I mean, Marcus Washington is 55th on the list. He hardly played at Georgia, but he had really high accolades coming out of high school. I don't know how you would possibly slot him against a guy who's like played more, played even less. I, I don't know how this works, but he is 55th on the list, the Georgia transfer who picked Louisville last month. Jamari Thrash, the uh, the wide receiver from Georgia State, is 59th on the list. And then uh, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. I wish you oh, could he should be command higher. F here. He will be higher. Uh, Molly Montgomery, by the way, is 94th on the list, who transferred from Louisville to Ole Miss. Marquise Groves-Killebrew, the cornerback transfer from Texas A&M, is 96th. So three Louisville players on the list. The overall U of L class, which is number one, according to On3, is number 10, According to 24-7 Sports, I've been saying this for a long time, on three, terrible with with uh, prospect rankings, with recruiting rankings, high school recruiting rankings, incredible when it comes to their transfer portal rankings. There's really 
no denying math and science back up they're 100% fail proof they know what they're talking about when it comes to the transfer portal 24/7 sports less so but still a top 10 class by Jeff Brom in year 1 killing them in the portal Kevin Doing Coleman didn't things. make the list Coleman's not on the list that's their, their first mistake i think that dude's going to be good uh, I mean, he was a true. I mean, he played only his freshman year at Jacksonville, so Jackson State. Jackson State, sorry, yeah. He, I don't know if he's. I don't think the top 100. I don't know if he's in the top 240 because they rank 247 I mean, he should, players. I mean, if he's not top, top 240, then then they they really. I mean, I, I yeah. He's not in the top 150. Uh-huh. He's not in the top 200. Mm-hmm. Just just two four seven. All have to get us again. You're it's all, a conspiracy. Uh, he is not in the top 247. Who wrote this, Roush? <laughs> the twenty four seven sports staff. So Roush, Roush, Roush is on three. Brady Allen, the quarterback from Purdue, is one ninety. Okay, so we had four in the top two hundred. Four in the top two hundred that I've seen. Again, yeah. you can't. Uh, Cam Kelly, the transfer from from Virginia, is two thirty seven. Uh, Storm Duck, our boys, two thirty nine. That's too low for Storm Duck. Storm Duck's gonna be a beast. I'm I'm, I'm calling it. But uh, you can't like they do the thing where it's. They only use the logo, so I can't like command search Louisville to find out where these players are. Scroll through. You just have to scroll and like yeah. see the logo pop up, and it's, it, that's kind of annoying. But we have at least six players in the top twenty four seven. I'm with you. Kevin Coleman not being on the list is kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, I know he only had the one year, but it was I think wasn't he second on that team in receiving behind only the dude? Yeah, um, yeah, the hunter that did went to that, that played both ways. It's now Colorado. Yeah. And I mean, he can. He had his. Yeah, I mean, he had like 900 yards receiving. I want to say is is a true freshman last year with that team. Seems I know they aired it out a lot. And but he's a big time recruit. Hey, guess what? We aired it a lot too. And he's. I mean, he's got that. He's that slot position, five ten, five eleven speed. I mean, it's yeah. Now I do have some sad college football news to get to. Oh, sad. I mean, maybe not sad, depending on how you look at it. Okay. Right. We love the cheese it bowl here. We do. Right? I'm always feeling cheesy. ACC versus Big 12. We wanted the, the Cheez-It Bowl last year. They do the great thing where they, instead of dumping Gatorade on the winning coach, they jump a, dump a whole tub of, of Cheez-Its. That's yeah. awesome. A lot better than the Mayo Bowl, I'll tell you that much. The Cheez-It Bowl is no more oh. as of today. Well, who could, who, who, who's, uh, how can you replace the – what food, what snack food could replace Cheez-Its? Are you ready for the answer? Does it get butter on it? The Cheez-It Bowl is now the Pop-Tart Bowl. Uh, I had a Pop-Tart last night, too. Tub full of pop tarts on your head, as long as it's not brown cinnamon sugar. Are they, yeah, the most overrated pop tart ever, right? I hate it. My kids love it. It's all they eat. Why do people like? I don't know what this is. The like the lamest thing to sound at. It's forty years old. My mom buys pop tarts. She always buys a box of those, and I don't know why. You should have said that out loud. <laughs> you should have. You should have listened to your. Your subconscious and said, "I'm like a stanza. I'm going against them all my instincts." It's not the thing that you say out loud on the radio as a 43 year old man. <laughs> not something you share with the public. But even when I was a kid, my grandma, when my grandma was good grocery shopping, she'd always buy the three flavors she'd always buy, and I never understood like cherry, which I love. You gotta like cherry pop tarts. If you don't, you're just you have no you have no, no soul. I don't like cherry pop. Well, it's okay. You don't like the professional. Have you seen either. the South Park episode where it's like <laughs> the Night of the Living Dead and like they're like on the top? They're like we've run out of food. They're like no, wait, I found a box of pop. He goes, those are cherry. Ugh. <laughs> is that the one where they the Worcestershire sauce is what turns them into zombies? No, that's that's okay. the one. Or the one where they, the homeless change. That's, the, that's change. that one. That's that's great when yeah. he gets caught up. Those he's are cherry. Been, yeah. He's been converted. I need change. <laughs> Uh, the cherries are great. She'd buy cherry. She'd buy blueberry, which is disgusting. 
And she'd buy apples, like the, the brown sugar cinnamon. Like, that's the three flavors she'd always buy. Those are three terrible flavors. And nah, see, I just agree on cherry. What's, what's, what's your go to? S'mores. S'mores, okay. Strawberry is good. I like, they have now, they have like the cookies and cream ones. I haven't had Pop Tarts in like five years, but if, I'm, if I was going to go out and get a box today, I'd get s'mores. Also, I think I, I, I kind of blew your mind a little bit when I told you I'm the weird guy who eats them cold. That is disgusting. And I always eat them the same way. I eat around, around the Pop Tart, the, the, the brim. And then I eat the middle part. You should be deported. <laughs> to where I'm American. <laughs> I don't care. Kicked out of the country. I'm b- born and raised here. I don't have a passport. Get out of there. <laughs> You're not American. The, what you just described is not American. So so you're only buying strawberry Pop-Tarts? No, s'mores. S'mores. I like the hot fudge sundae ones. I do like frosted strawberry. I like the cookies and cream ones. I like the peanut butter chocolate ones. Um, I don't remember. You're going a little like. I don't like brown cinnamon sugar. I don't like cherry. Brown cinnamon sugar is most overrated. Like, so what pop tart, basically the question is, what part would you shoot your roommate over? Hmm. <laughs> Ooh, I forgot pop tart bites. Those are good. But Mary loves those. I, I yeah, I've got them a few times. Because, well, because they, they fall right into my wheelhouse. And what I want to do is just, just eat the middle part, really. I wonder which has more flavors Oreos or Pop Tarts? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, real quickly before we break, congrats to a guy that I really like. Uh, got to know him when he was the coach at Hargrave Military. A.W. Hamilton, uh, who's done a good job at Eastern Kentucky the last few years, has signed a contract extension that will keep him in Richmond through the 2026-2027 season. Uh, other real quick college basketball note, Florida Atlantic, the two guards that helped them damn near make the national title game, John L. Davis, who is Karan Davis's cousin, and Elijah Martin, have both announced that they're withdrawing from the NBA draft and are returning to FAU the Owls will be preseason top 10 at least. They, maybe preseason top five. They bring back pretty much everybody from that team that only lost three games last season and came very close to making the national title game. That's good news for college basketball. This should be a fun story to follow next year. There'll be a lot of eyes on them. Do you think they kind of, like, I don't want to say disappoint, but it's hard to match what they did last year. I mean, that's just the... Especially in that like that I mean, conference. Also, yeah, where, also like 20 in a row as well at one point. I mean... Yeah, every game that you lose in CUSA like drops you a seed line. And it's everybody's going to be gunning for you. Now, they'll probably play a tough non-conference schedule. I can see them getting a couple of big names on their, on their schedule now, playing in a multi-team event. I, I can see them having a slightly worse record, but maybe being like a 6-7 seed as opposed to the 9 that they were last year. But, um, I, yeah, I'm with you. It'll be hard for them to repeat the success, even with so many guys back, just because you're held to such a high standard when you play in a mid-to-low-major conference. Are, but, you re- are you ready for this, by the way, or do you want to tease us for next segment? Well, I don't know what you're talking about, so it's kind of hard for me to answer that question. Pop-Tarts website has their voted on by your, our fans' top 10 flavors. Let's get to it now. We don't, need to, we don't need to tease Pop-Tarts. Number 10, Ego Frosted Maple. Never had it. That just sounds Didn't disgusting. Didn't know it was real. Number 9, Hot Frosted Hot Fudge Sunday. I like Hot Fudge Sunday. I emphasize Frosted because they do have some other mentions, and they're like Unfrosted Strawberry, which Unfrosted, unfrosted are unfrosted disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number 8, Grape Pop-Tarts. I didn't know there was a grape. Did not know there was a grape. I'm intrigued to try it. Uh, you mentioned cookies and cream. I like cookies and cream. Uh, confetti cupcake. I like confetti cupcake. I've never been a confetti fan. Uh, chocolate fudge. I, I don't know if I've ever had that, but it sounds good. No, it's too it's too too rich for me. Uh, then the only one on uh, chocolate chip. Number three, cherry. Ew. Number two, brown sugar. Yeah, number one, s'mores. Blueberry. What? 
So you're so in the end, your mom picked like the three. I know the best, the three voted on the best flavors. Now they actually do a higher than top ten. I just started then. Uh, other ones that did get didn't make top ten. Raspberry s'mores was actually twelve. Ridiculous. Uh, then wild, wildlicious wildberry. This used to be a proper country. <laughs> and snickerdoodles, the only other exceptional on there. I didn't know that was a flavor. Then the last three are unfrosted strawberry, unfrosted brown sugar, unfrosted uh, cherry. Between the people <laughs> arguing for like. 500 seasons being okay at Louisville basketball, and the the people voting for the the, the worst pop tart flavors. I'm losing my faith in humanity today. Welcome to my world. This is uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the day I became a full on cynic. It's uh, it, it's tough. But if, if the Reds get blasted tonight at Fenway, I'm, I'm going to be even worse. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we have not touched the text line at all today. Oh wow. We'll make amends for that at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on Wednesday here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I rock. Edition Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961 The Big X. Uh, we're Trevor and I were talking during the break. We are there are I guess reports swirling of a potential shooting at the Mall St. Matthews. A heavy police presence there. The I guess LMPD is asking the public to avoid the area due to the police activity. So uh, scary scene there. We will keep you updated on anything that happens. This is all just developing. Uh, Shelby Road's this time of the day. The traffic's a nightmare to begin with. Yeah, it's, that's going to be. cannot help. Yeah. That'll be a rough scene, but uh, we will let you know if we hear anything as the show goes on. Hopefully, this is you know, not a, a bad deal. Hopefully, it's just one of those you know, maybe false reporting or something's out there, but uh, we will keep you updated there. We've not heard from the Thornton sex line today at 502-414-1450. We'll take some text from you guys now. Um, again, reminder, Thornton's hooking you up with the best deals via their Refreshing Rewards app all summer uh, long. Search your app's uh, store for Thornton's, download that bad boy, then save money at the pump or inside any one of the 102,314 area Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for the reason they know what they're doing. They're uh, awesome. I, I, I guess, I don't know, there wasn't, usually the, the texts are updated from like up till 3 o'clock, but a lot of the ones like in between when Hoosier Report went off the air and, and Spears were off the air and then when we went on were up today. So I think this is, uh, I guess, KRC. Big day for them with the the three UK players announcing their decisions. A lot of reaction there. I'm seeing a lot of text there. I'm having to scroll through these. Um, I, pl- I also like the plumbing bro in the middle of all those. It's like TJ, your mic sounded a bit different on today's show. FYI. South End Josh. This is the result of people not holding Cal accountable for the decline of the program the last few years. All the excusing away and wait until next year has caused the mess he's put us in. We can't take another six years of this. I, I told you he was done. I told you four years ago he was done. He was what happened to declined. all the, he's this is the greatest class in UK history coming in, though? You don't win with recruiting classes anymore. But that was... <laughs> Say 2012. Not 2010 anymore, either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
I just like I don't know. I just, I, I just don't understand the same person can tell me cows lost it right after like three months ago. He bragged about how next year is going to be awesome because we have the greatest recruiting class ever coming in. Is Scoots German? Yes. Okay, because there's this guy who always texts like German. Uh, he's he's texting it to Scoots. He is a he's a, a very ad uh, a very big supporter of the German. Uh, That's uh, why he's in like the, the, World the club, club or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Because um, this guy's saying he's going for their 10 year anniversary. He's going to Germany and Austria and Switzerland. And he's going to be listening to KRC the whole time. We appreciate the, the, the big ex listenership from abroad. My brother and his, all of his kids are going to uh, Switzerland for like a two week vacation this summer. I'm very jealous. But they're doing it like so. My oldest nephew just graduated from manual. He graduated right next to the, in the yearbook. He's right next to the Ryan boys because it's Rutherford and then Ryan right <laughs> afterwards, which is very funny. But, uh, it, it, things change when your first kid goes away to college. Like this is the, like the last summer where he's not going to be doing, you know, internships or whatever, like working. So they want to make the most of it and get all three boys uh, with them on a family vacation. But they're doing a big Switzerland trip, and I'm I'm very jealous. Uh, no, no, I, 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 I could switching. Eh, take it or leave it. There it is, Trevor Kelsey. Switzerland doesn't care about your views. Doesn't I care mean, about your well, mountains. Well, I mean, what's the doesn't go care to, about your sound and music tours? He I mean, can take it or leave it. Do I really need to go to Switzerland? I mean, I can go to the airport to get a, the, the giant, the giant candy bar. What are those things called? The begins with a T. Toblerone. Toblerone. Yeah, I can go. To, I can go to the airport and get one of those. I mean, I can go. I can go to Paoli and do, 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 do the skiing thing. I can just go online and see the the blondes with large breasts. I mean, I that's it, what else does the Switzerland have to offer? Other way, I just check marked. You're right. Paoli, the exact same. <laughs> I mean, is there anything else I'm missing? The the hydro, the, the big science collider thingy? Texture says, have you all seen Frank the Tank on Twitter? A collaboration between Trevor and Frank is a winning idea. I've got no idea who Frank the Tank is. <laughs> Will Ferrell? No, no clue. Will Ferrell, yeah, that's Frank the Tank. You didn't know Frank From the Tank? From old school. Yeah. But, but I think he's talking, I assume he's talking about somebody else. Oh. He's oh. like, have you all seen Frank the Tank on Twitter? I'm assuming that's a persona. I'm not. I don't know. I don't, I think, I don't, I, of all the Will Ferrell characters, I don't think Frank the Tank would be the one that'd be most compared to, because that would involve me like settling down first. Well, but then quickly getting divorced. <laughs> Columbus wasn't looking for America, my friend, but he would see work out the best for all of us. <laughs> That's still my best line, favorite line. Texture says, uh, "We it's only 82. It's not that hot. We're coming off uh, one of the coldest Aprils ever. Summer is here." 82, if you don't think 82 is hot, then you just, I mean, what do you like, hula hoop with a with a Cheerio type skinny? I mean. Also, my car said it was 91. My we all know, according to Trevor, yep. that's the real temperature gauge. When I got out of the car earlier today, it was it was 90, yep. It is supposed to be, and also, I don't think it's only 82, because the high today is supposed to be 87, and it's going to get to 90, I think, the next couple of days. Anything over 80 is hot. It is hot. We're going to. I, Deal I, with it. I haven't talked about this yet. We're going to this weekend. We're doing a adults-only weekend in, in Columbus. We're going up there to visit Danny. Another couple of our friends are going up there, and we're going. The Memorial Golf Tournament is up there, like right next to their home, and so we're going to go there Saturday, and it's going to be great. I'm very excited about it, but it's also going to be a lot of walking. It's going to be very hot. Like that will be, that'll be interesting. But I'm I'm still pretty pumped about it. At least with the walking heat, it's one of those where you can drink a beer, but you're just you're just sweating it out. So it's 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 not even worth it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's 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 a plus and minus to that effect. Texas says the heat was so unbearable that my in my wife and I's old house in Denver that we sold it and moved 45 minutes west into the mountains at an elevation of 9K feet. The summer highs are in the low 70s, and the evenings are in the low 40s. Zero humidity, absolute perfection. That was the thing when I went to Colorado because it was July of, this was like, I think, 2016, 2017. So it's in the middle of summer. 
Yeah. And it is. He does get hot. It's hot, but the, the lack of humidity is so nice. It's so refreshing. And then at night, it's so calm and so, like, just, just cool. The weather was much easier to stomach out there than it is here. It's just, I mean, I've got friends who, like my buddy who's has been in Texas for the last few years, you know, you have ungodly temperatures down there, but he comes here and he's like, it's worse because you walk out and you feel like you're swimming through the air. It's so oh, yeah. heavy. It's so gross. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's nasty. Here. Well, my favorite places when it comes to weather is like, if you're ever like, and we, oh, Eddie, who's lives, our man who lives in San Diego can contest this. Like when you watch the weather reports, like in San Diego, you get three different reports. You get near the beach, close to the beach. And far from the beach. Oh, really? And it'll be like, yeah, it'll be like, I mean, it'll be three different, like, drastically different temperatures. Like, it's cooler because it's, it's going to be cooler near the beach with the breeze and the wind and everything. And as you get farther away, it's like, so it's like 80, 75, but near the beach. And it's about 82 if you're about so many miles away from the beach. And if you're far from the beach, it's going to be 94. It's like, it's, it's kind of insane the, the way the weather gets. You think weather changes too much here in Louisville. You're having three different temperatures geographically of where you're at in your own city. All right, quick update here on the, the, the shooting at the Mall of St. Matthews, oh. which apparently happens at the, the Dillard's there. Uh, via LMPD, one person was shot in the arm at, at the, the mall located at Shelbyville Road, and a, police did say that a shooter is in custody. So okay. unclear whether the shooting happened inside or outside of the mall. But if that's it, then you hate to say like that's a, that's a good thing. But in this day and age, that feels like you know, you're, you're avoiding the worst possible situation, which is – I mean. Best case scenario, which is again very sad to say, but a person just being shot in the arm is. I mean, we're going to end up finding out this is over like somebody getting cut in line or something. Isn't it? I mean, well, we, hell, the last two weeks we've had somebody shot over a pop tart and somebody shot over wrapping paper. So I turned on the news last night for a brief moment, and they—I mean—the first three minutes of the newscast was five shootings and no suspects in any. I saw that it, it, like all happened within an hour. Yeah, the three of them. Yeah, that there was three right within within the, yeah within the minutes minutes of each other. I don't know That's if you insane. feel this way, and I, I don't mean to dive. We won't dive too deeply into this, but like now, whenever there's any sort of argument, like at a in public, like I just immediately, like, I'm like looking for a gun. Like I'm, I'm looking for somebody to pull. Like we were last year when we drove through the night in Hilton Head, we had like Mary and I would do the thing where like I would watch the kids and she would go to the bathroom, and then when she came out, like she'd watch the kids and I'd go to the bathroom. And we were getting just snack. And this is like the middle of the night, and there was this just this trucker who was just going off on this woman who was working there, like just beyond irate i don't even know what it was about but like i immediately just like take the kids and, like huddle in the back i'm like is he gonna pull out a gun like is he gonna turn i mean yeah it, you, it, it, I, and i know you talked about it when you had like like a little road rage something like you know you want to get like honk the horn at somebody or you just want like, like normal stuff like i don't do any more no. of like what i used to because like, i'm just afraid like you know you hear it's a story every week of like somebody got shot on the expressway we're not sure why i'm like i guarantee it's a road rage i thing. mean even before like the the years ago i remember i, I was I don't remember. I, I used to have. I used to carry like a. We I called it like a. It was like a Rambo knife. I used to have it in my car just in case. I mean, I'm not a big gun guy, so I was like, I'm, I just have this in here. I don't remember how I acquired it. And I've never had. I never had to use it, thankfully, or be worried about. It. The only time I ever had anybody, <clears throat> any road rage incident was I didn't even like realize I was supposedly. Like, I guess this guy felt I was riding up close to him too much, and I passed him. And then like 20 minutes later, this is actually over. By where you live, by Hex Point Lounge area. He like, comes up behind me. I'm at the red light. Don't even realize the same car. He literally runs, gets out of his car, runs up to my driver's seat. And like initially, just I kind of freak out. So I kind of grabbed this knife with my hand. I didn't pull it out, but I had it next to me. Jeez. And he runs up and he goes, I'm, you going ride, to ride, ride my butter? And just starts yelling. I'm like, dude. And I just, the light turned green. I just hit the gas and drove off. Like he was still next to me yelling. I'm like, but. 
Uh, yeah, from but yeah, but today's people's temp. I mean, I get bad road rage, so I just now I just keep it internal and yell inside my car. If you could put a camera on me during my road rage moments, <laughs> it's pro- like anybody driving bro- by even. It's probably like, what the bleep is that guy doing? Hey, like, still beat the alternative. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not yelling. I'm not honking a horn. I'm not yelling out the car. Uh, I'm just screaming to myself uh, with the windows rolled up. Um, <laughs> back to the text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Texter says seven thirty kickoff for the Chick Fil A game is a huge opportunity. ESPN national television should be a lot of eyes on Louisville, and a seven thirty kickoff for the home opener is good to hear. I'm expecting to see a very good crowd. I think if you like if we take care of business against Georgia Tech the week before, you will still. And I know it's Murray State. I know it's Thursday night. It's not ideal for the home opener for Jeff Braun. Oh, we'll get a good crowd. It's not going to be a no stripe game or anything like that. But no. it should be a good crowd. It should be a lively crowd as well. I'm looking forward to that. And I agree with the first part of that. And we've had for all the like mediocrity that the program has been in, just mired in since Lamar Jackson left. We've had a couple of these opportunities where we've had spotlight. I mean, hell, we played Ole, Ole Miss uh, in like that Monday night game, Labor Day. No other game on, no NFL, no Monday night football last time without Monday night football for the entire year. Big opportunity for us, and we just kind of crapped down our leg. Like we've, we've had all these, these kickoff games, all these big opportunities to flip the narrative in recent years and just have never taken advantage of it. Um, I'd like to see us seize this moment and kind of put it, you know, there's a lot of, sort of under the radar talk about Jeff Brom and this is, you know, this program, they're going to have a good year and they may do some big things moving forward. Like keep an eye on Louisville and the ACC. It'd be nice to get that jump started with a big time win in a, uh, in a game where you're going to have a lot of eyes on you. Kind of like what Syracuse did us last year. Yeah. I mean, they, they'd eventually fade yeah, they later that in the year. They rode that to a 7-6 season. Well, but they started, didn't they start like 6-0 and or 5-0? I think they started 5-0, and, and yeah. they, they played Clemson in that game. No, they shouldn't have been 5-0 because they did cheat to beat Purdue, but that's no here or there. Totally cheated. Yeah, I mean, we're still waiting to find out where that pass interference is. No one, even the even the, the wide receiver doesn't even know what happened, how it happened. But now with the, because we, we guys talked about, I think, yesterday or maybe it was last week, the the Braum antics, the, the theatricals that he may do in the locker room. And I don't know. I, mean, I think I remember we were like thinking it wasn't going to be maybe week one. We'll see it later on here. No, I think it'll be week one. Yeah, I was gonna, that was what I was saying. With the spotlight that is in his prime time, you know they're going to go locker room. He's got to bring it out in week one, right? Yes. Okay. And I, it, I think you'll see it. And if we do dominate Georgia Tech, I think I, anything less than thirty five thousand, even for Murray State, would almost disappoint me. Less than what? Thirty five thousand. Yeah, I, I'd like. To, I, I would like to think that we'll get it more than forty for that uh, even, game. That's even better. Yeah. And the um, fact that it's a Thursday night game does help a little bit. You think it would hurt, but it should help. I think because you you know that you're going to be on TV, and sometimes people kind of like would like to you know show off. Maybe I mean I, I don't I, I mean I think that typically going, the Thursday night games for smaller opponents have drawn weaker crowds just because it's it's a work night. You've got especially you know, it's not a Friday night. You've got work the next day. True. Um, it should I be think, cheap to go to though. I think they would do better if it were a. Friday night game, but again, if if we as long as we take care of business, I'm trying to think of what the attendance was like for last year's home opener. Well, that was coming off the loss, so right. I can't I can't find it anywhere. But anyway. do they list attendances on the Sports Reference? I don't think so. Man, yeah, I wouldn't believe it if they did. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're going by what the the school announced. I wouldn't believe that either. Um, <laughs> I mean, don't we do it like it's like. Like the the, the rule well, that's what of three. they're gonna have, <laughs> huh? That's all they're gonna have. I mean, if they had anything on sport, it'd be what the announced attendance is. Like, that's true. Yeah, you're not gonna find the. You need a FOIA request to get the actual numbers, which 
are not going to be listed on Sports Reference. We got T-shirts to give away today. By well, the they way, do too. list them on the NFL games. That's why I wasn't okay. sure. I, I, we have to make mention. We have, we have T-shirts to give away. We Ooh. need to make sure that we that happens. Um, they're at the studio now. There's no if you if you win a T-shirt, you can show up at the studio. We'll have your name. We'll make that happen. We'll give those away in the uh, the five o'clock hour there. Texas, I hated when channels like USA tried to edit language from movies like Friday and Forty Year Old Virgin. It was so bad. Well, I'll, yeah, I guess you don't get that anymore, do you? You now you get f words on this after like ten o'clock at, at night. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, I miss some of the classic edited's. Like <laughs> I remember Major League the scene when he's when he's talking in, in the to to the... strike that guy out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next time you throw a play, I'm gonna shove your guts. Down your throat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of miss them sometimes. <laughs> they still have some of those on, like, during the week. They do. Weekends. You're right. They do. And some of them are still funny. But, but yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I've been watching, so I, the the third season of Dave, which is so good. Cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, the, the, the season finale is going to come on uh, Wednesday on FX. But it's, like, they straight up basically show, like, sex. Like, it's just. You don't see I mean, the actual penetrate, but like, it is very graphic. They blur out like the the nipples and stuff, but like the language is pretty much anything goes. The the sex is almost anything goes. It, it is not the the TV that I was watching on FX or cable channels when I was growing up. It's like very different. Like, I got well, what I was what channel I was watching, but I caught like I started watching Palm Express the other day, and it was some of the cover ups were just so obvious. But I think one channel, if you you want classic version of that? I think I brought this up to you when I watched. Um, um, with the the Pauly Shore movie where he's a cowboy, where he does the the, the son-in-law, uh, CMT, they are old school like editing. Like remember I told you they blurred out his butt in the chaps, and I was like what? And I was like, I, the other night they had uh, Varsity Blues on there, and like some of the editing on there was just what was done classically, sure. Especially when they went to the strip club. Which by the way, I, I thought about this after I saw that scene. Make it quick, Trev. I've been to a lot of strip clubs in my lifetime. In many cities. I just one day want to go to one that has the great pun name like the Landing Strip. Like, you never see real strip clubs with those names that you see them in movies and TV. Wasn't the Landing Strip Friday Night Lights? No, it was, it was Varsity Blues. I thought it was, in, I guess they had the same one. Like, that's, like the, that's the strip club in Friday Night Lights, I mean, we too. have tons here, but I mean, like, they're all like, you know, like thoroughbreds maybe, but, like, I want to go to, pl- I want to one day be show up to a strip club and it's actually be called the Fuzzy Clam. Like, I want, I, I, do these even exist in real life? Yeah, the, the landing strip is Friday Night Lights. And what's also in Varsity yeah. uh, Blues. Um, not a very clever name. I guess not. Or maybe it's a real place in Texas that they just kind of played off of. <laughs> Buddy just randomly texts me and says, your fantasy baseball team's awesome. If you paid attention, you might be in first. <laughs> um, Thornton's text line again. We're, we're not doing a good job of getting through this text. I'm sorry. Uh, 414 Texture says, any answer other than make the tournament I can't take seriously. We're a top 10 program. It's time to start acting like it. Kind of agree, but. Yeah. Texas follow-up question. How are how down are season tickets going to be for basketball this season? I know a few big ticket buyers who are not renewing for the first time in 30 years. I have seen that they're like football tickets for, for, uh, for season tickets for Louisville football are insanely up. Um, I think that there was, like, there's only like 2,000, let's see. Louisville has 2,564 season tickets remaining for the upcoming season. That's it. Everything else is has been gobbled up. And the stadium seats about 61,000 people. So, again, I don't think you're going to have 55,000 at every game or anything like that, but it should take a 
a dramatic uptick this year. But basketball, I mean, I don't know. I think basketball will kind of be like it was last year at the beginning. People will definitely take a wait-and-see approach. But if they win in November, if they go to New York, and let's say we beat UConn and beat whoever else, you'll come back home and you'll have a, a, a raucous crowd of, of at least 16,000, 17,000 fans at the KFCM Center. Like the, yeah. the fan base, season tickets may be down, but people will gobble those up as time goes on. Like I have seen that this is a it's a sad state of affairs. They're not even selling season tickets for the Upper Bowl right now. Isn't that, I mean, you know, like I had student tickets in 2011-12, the year after I was in law school, and like they were in the upper level, and upper level was packed every single game. Yeah. And it's just like, that wasn't that long ago. and It's, uh, it's crazy how much things have changed, both in terms, I think, of national tendencies and what the basketball program The fact they're just going to close them off, just just, just kind of sad. I don't think they're going to close them off, but they're not selling season tickets for those for those areas. Right There'll now. be games, though, they'll have to cloth them over and, and black them out. Well, they won't, I mean, people will be up there. People are still up there last year. They yeah. won't. They do that for the women's games because they don't. They don't sell, but like they won't. But there's gonna be hardly anybody up there. Texas, I'm torn. I feel like if KP doesn't get a third year, then we'll never hear the end of it from the Crumb era supporters, and our fan base will be forever divided. But the standard for U of L basketball should be NCAA tournament at a minimum, with no exception. Your margin for error slash goodwill is pretty much gone after going four and twenty-eight. I mean, if my response to that, like, I would I love us all to be one big happy Cardinal. Family, of course. Like I'd love to, you know, have the former players singing "Kumbaya" and, and all that good stuff. At the end of the day, I mean, they were pissed that Rick Pitino came, and yeah. nobody cared that they were pissed when we were going to the Final Four in 05 or going to the Final Four in 2012 or winning the national title in 2013. Like at the end of the day, you just need to ensure that you've got a head coach in here who wins. I mean, Daryl Griffith is still going to games when Rick Pitino was the yeah. coach. Denny Crum was still going to games when Rick Pitino was the coach. I mean, Denny Crum, that's that's what always irritates. The man that you are quote you think you're backing because you thought you got done wrong is still going to games. And what leg are you really standing on? I could not agree more. But, uh, but they have a different perspective. And you know, and, and I agree with the text. Like if this team does win like 12, 13 games and he's like, go, oh, you will get the the people who are like, you just didn't give him a chance. What's gonna be worse if they hire I don't know who whomever they hire, I don't know who it might be. But hopefully it's a good coach. He comes in and he wins like twenty he does like a uh, Iowa State guide and wins like twenty four games. With a very similar roster. That was KP's roster. You'd given him year three. He I promise you. Games. I, I know. I know that. You know that. The world of reality knows that. But sometimes reality is not being lived in, in the world of sports. I mean, I'll go back to what I was saying. Kind of, You know the, you'll hear it. In, in the 3 o'clock hour, imagine that we had hired Eric Musselman two years ago. And he'd won four games in year one. And there were projections that he was only going to win 15 games in year two. There would be... I mean, and, and like... I wouldn't be defending it. Nobody would be defending it. Like the the the, um, the people right now who are saying Kenny Payne would deserve a year three if he just wins 14, 15 games this season or shows improvement would be up in arms if we had brought in Eric Musselman or Mick Cronin or Scott Drew or whomever and they were producing at the same level. They would all be saying Kenny Payne, if we just hired him, we would have been good in the snap of a finger. We would have gone to the tournament in his first year and now we'd be competing for a national title with a, a top three recruiting class in year two, and I just, I, I, I don't understand it, but again, none of it matters if we win. That's all we want. 
Just one and nothing else matters. Five o'clock hours coming up. Speaking of Kenny Payne and his big recruiting class, big news for Trenton Flowers today that I think will be should be celebrated by everybody and hopefully will be an invaluable experience for him as he gets ready for his freshman season at Louisville. A couple other general college basketball notes here on deadline day to withdraw from the NBA draft, which the deadline will be midnight tonight. We'll see what happens with this Oscar Sheway announcement coming up in about one minute. And we'll take more text from you guys on the Thornton's text line. It's the 5 o'clock hour, and it's up next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Five o'clock hour here, the Mike Rutherford Show. Wednesday edition, we're going to give away some t-shirts for Racing Louisville and Lucidity FC coming up here in a second. Uh, we got more reaction to this basketball discussion and football discussion. Quick update on what we were talking about. The the home opener last year for Florida State. Attendance 46,459. So I would I, I think we should be able to surpass that even for Murray State on a Thursday. So wait, last year, Florida State? 2022 home opener against FSU. I'd say last week, the Central Florida was on the road, wasn't it? Yes. Right, I forgot. Okay, I think we should be able to be surpass that. I know FSU is a bigger name. I know that was a Saturday and all that good stuff, but we should be able to. Again, I was coming off a win we, too. Assuming we beat Georgia Tech in Week One, I'd like to have a, around fifty thousand for Jeff Brom's first home game, even though it's a Thursday. Night. I don't think that's out of the realm of possible. I don't think that's a, a crazy question. Would love to see it. I love it. So I'm, I'm rocking the. If you're just joining the show, I'm rocking the Reds jersey today. I started off by talking about how like I'm I'm you know, I'm feeling good. We're three games back. We've won four in a row. This young talent, the Ellie De La Cruz bomb. I'm sitting here, Fenway tonight. I'm like one game for the rest of our lives. And then I look at the Reds lineup on Twitter, and it's like Kevin Newman is starting and leading off. It's like here we Kevin go, Kevin Newman. Kevin Newman. Newman. One game. This is the game of our lives. Kevin Newman leading off. I don't even know who Kevin Newman is. Well, he's playing third base tonight. <laughs> I'll tell you, he's a pitcher. <laughs> no, it's a Luke Weaver night. Which oh, well, we, uh, could not portend good things. He started yeah. off, he had a couple good starts. Every time he has a good start, we don't score for him. So we'll see what happens tonight. But the Reds, red hot. So are the Bats, uh, winners of six of seven. Yeah. One last night on an Ellie De La Cruz walk-off. They're back in action tonight against Wooster once again at 635. You'll hear all the action right here on 1450, the big X. When we get off, we'll hand the baton over to Nick Kern, who had a great call. Got some national love for his call of the Ellie De La Cruz walk-off last night. Yeah. Um. I guess we should have Nick on the show. They're at home. We probably should. Do we have Nick, or do you want to bring it? Would you want to bring on Jim Kelch one day? I would love to have Jim Kelch on. Let me see if Jim will come on. Like, just give Nick a week off. I also saw that that guy was complaining on Twitter, who apparently is a big Wooster fan, about I saw the way that Wooster that, yeah. was being pronounced last night on the broadcast. <laughs> like, God bless you for tuning into Louisville Bats Wooster coverage. He's that big of a fan. I, 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 I thought I thought this guy would hate our show. Hate you sent show. me that, <laughs> and I looked at his Twitter profile. He tweets a lot about minor league baseball. He's a diehard. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay, I didn't. I, you went farther than I did. There was somebody else that complained on our our Twitter today too. About what? Oh, where was it? I forget. Uh, oh, it's the same guy. He always every time we tweet out about uh, Nick tweets the game and I retweet it. He retweets the same gif of Larry David saying nobody gives a bleep. Oh, yeah, that's. And so he's done it like a thousand times. It's like, dude, 
Apparently you do. You're putting so much effort into posting this on Twitter that you clearly care more than most people do. I don't even see that guy, so it's probably... How do you not have a picture in your profile if you're the guy complaining about Winchester, by the way? Worcester sauce? Worcester sauce. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't have a profile picture anymore? True. I mean, not even not, not even a ba- not background, nothing. Just the whoever the person is who sends that gift, I clearly have muted or blocked because that doesn't even show up. It <laughs> uh, clearly a f- staple in the community. Well, they follow us. We don't follow them. He has two hundred. He follows two hundred fifty-one people and has twenty-four followers. Yeah, not followed by anyone you're following. It's not a great ratio. No, he's got a bunch of Kid Rock videos too up here. Well, that's not good. Um, <laughs> the news that I was talking about before the break, there teasing. Good news for a Louisville freshman, Trenton Flowers. One of 35 players who've been invited to participate in the 2023 USA Under-19 Men's National Team training camp. That's going to go down. I know he just moved into his UofL dorm on Monday, but he'll leave here next week. That camp is going to start June 11th, and then 12 players will be selected to to make up that team uh, and go to the FIBA Under-19 Men's World Cup, which is scheduled for June 24th through July 2nd uh, in Hungary. He is the He's one of the, I think, Looks like 12 players from the 2023 class who's been represented. Uh, 2024 has a number of players who've also been invited, including Carter Knox, who had Louisville in his top eight when he cut his list earlier this week. Boogie Flan, former recruit, uh, he's he's also in that mix. But congrats to Trenton Flowers. That's one of those things where it's an invaluable experience. He'll become a better player. He'll be more ready to compete at a high level as a freshman at Louisville. And this is a guy that, you know, regardless of where your expectation is for him in his freshman season at UofL, I think we all expect him to be a pretty major contributor, whether it's him starting and being a primary scorer, him coming off the bench and being like a 20-minute guy. If Trenton Flowers isn't good as a freshman, we're going to have a hard time being good as a team. I felt pretty confident in saying that. We, we need him to be the goods. He's a, one of the highest-rated recruits we've ever had. We need him to be a, a pretty good player right off the bat if we're going to have a chance to overachieve to the point that some people are expecting this team to in year two under Kenny Payne. But congrats to him. That's good news. Do we do do you personally expect him to be the impact guy right away? I don't, but I don't feel confident confident in saying that. I'm just basing that off of recent reclass kids who've been rated about as same as he as he is. When I watch his highlight videos too, like he strikes me as a kid who's going to be a very very good player, but who's not a one and done type talent. Who's not going to have a I know this is a high standard to hold him to, but like a Brandon Miller-ish impact as a freshman. Not saying he has to be that good, but like, who could be an all-conference player as a freshman? Maybe I'm totally wrong about that, but I'm expecting him to be brought along a little bit slower than I think some people are this I think, year. I think, we, I think we kind of figured out like all the best reclassifieds have kind of gone to Kentucky over the last few years. Yeah, the only ones that have really done it. Yeah, that really have, yeah. I think there, there was one and they even one. had some guys that haven't been great. Yeah, I think, well, the only one that, I think, that didn't go to UK was, wasn't Trey Young a reclassify or something? I don't know if he was or not. Him or I want to say him or the kid that went to Oklahoma State were. One of them was, I thought. Cunningham? Yeah. Cunningham may have been a reclass. Okay. I was thinking one of them did, but nah, I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, maybe, I mean, even like uh, Gilgis Alexander was, I mean, he had a, was an impact, but I think was slower to come along this season. And Marvin Bagley was a reclass kid. Yeah. We did talk about that. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns was reclass. It's, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. I mean, these are guys that I think. Max, I don't think was impacted right away. I could be wrong. Maybe he was kind of slow. Yeah, and I think Murray might have been the one, the, the one that maybe kind of came in on fire from the beginning. Towns could have too, but Towns was kind of hidden because that team was so deep as well. Yeah, I mean, it was easy not to be an impactful or need to be an impactful guy right away. Now, in the season, he was needed, but he wanted Charles to, Bassey, he wasn't a class. part of that. 
<laughs> Didn't go great for them. Charles Bassey, Charles Bassey was reclassified. He was. The bad, t- bad thing is he played all like all four years. Andre Drummond was a reclass. Oh, really? Nerlens Noel, Wayne Seldon, Noah Vonley from Indiana. Wayne Seldon. Andrew Wiggins was a reclass. Jamal Murray, you mentioned. R.J. Barrett was a reclass. I did not know all these were reclass. There's more than I thought. Recently, though, I mean, Kevin McCuller was a reclass who's still, he just announced he's coming back for Kansas this year. He's been a good college player, but not like a NBA guy. Joey Baker was a reclass. He sucks. <laughs> Let me say it again. Joey Baker sucks. He's I remember, terrible. I remember he, he got to UK and put on 13, and no one picked up the Baker's dozen, like, reference of Joey Baker. Well, Joey Baker's a dookie. He used to be a dookie. I thought, ba- no, what's, well, who's the Baker that went to Kentucky then? I have no idea. When that, I thought that was Joey Baker. Joey Baker played at Duke for a few years, and now he's, uh, he was in Michigan last year, and then no. somewhere else for... The Baker that went to UK went to Arizona State and, like, lit it up until he got hurt. Jamal. Ja, okay, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, that's a Jay Wright. Well, he... Uh, Jay Wright. <laughs> yeah. He's somewhere else now, too. He transferred to a really small school. Yeah, he got hurt at Arizona after he blew up for a few games and then got hurt and then sat out the rest of the year. Because he spells his name with that weird R. Jamal Baker. <laughs> he's at Fresno State now. Is that where he went to? Finishing up, yeah. I can't believe that. Drummond babbles because Drummond... Like, he reclassified, yet he looked like a senior when he was a freshman at UConn. The dude was such a man-child. I just remember... The, the thing about Andre Drummond that I remember is... Matt Jones had just started doing what is now KSR. Like he was over at iHeart for the first time. Yeah, and like yeah, I, that was at Yum Center, by the way, his tournament game. You know, I used to. So I used to do a show with with Matt. I'd come on once a week when we first were getting. I was still in college, and so we had this. We kind of came up together, and he had me on to guest host KSR early on. It was the day after Andre Drummond had reclassed, and it looked like he was going to go to UConn. And I remember, like, we also it was the day. It was around the time where Louisville was dealing with the. They'd gotten caught up in the Miami sanctions a little bit because Clint Hurt's name had come up, nah, and, and this is classic like rivalry in the summer. Like Matt's trying to make it a bigger deal. He's like, he's like, I'm like, nobody's talking about Louisville's role in this besides you. And I remember it, the conversation was going fine until Matt, like, <laughs> so inside baseball, like, got on the the message boards in between segments and saw that like people were like. Rutherford's giving it to Jones, like not fighting back. And he was like, you can't do this on my own show and all this stuff. And I was like, well, then I'm just not going to talk. I was, I was like, if, you, if I'm not going to express an opinion, then I just won't talk. And I remember we were leaving and he's like, we'll do this again. He's like, you know, you'll, he's like, we'll get better. And I was like, we're never going to do this again. And sure enough, I've, I've not been on KSR since then. That was, <laughs> been back since. that was my memory of Andre Drummond. I was like, yeah, I was like, this, I, I was like I'm probably not going to be invited back again. My memory was sitting right behind that bench during their game in the tournament and him sitting on the bench and I look at him going, this dude could kill me with one hand. Drummond, he's a big guy. He's a huge dude. I didn't even not realize he was reclassified. I knew he was 18 at the time and already could probably just like crush me like a walnut with his calves, but. Like it was, yeah. Just sitting behind him was like this. That another Royce. How big Royce White really was was another one that's that really. He was a big guy. You don't. I guess only six eight. But like until you like sit behind him or stand right next to him, you don't realize how just huge this human being really is. Royce White now, uh, future president of America. Who's that? Royce White. How's he gonna? He can't fly anywhere. Well, you know, he's he's gone full blown like conspiracy politician, fringe wannabe guy. Like, like Herschel Walker level? Yes, but well, with with less, I think, national support. <laughs> Who even remembers Royce White except for nerds like us? <sighs> really, no one does. Well, I mean, he was he ended up being like he still was a high NBA draft. Well, he was, and then he was one of the Rockets' like three first round picks that year. They had three of them, and he was one of them. So, I mean, I would I would assume most basketball people still remember Royce White. But I he guess. is yeah, he's trying to reinvent himself as this like fringe crazy. Want to be politician? I mean, he and was. This is going to shock you. It's kind of working. He gave up the NBA because he didn't want to fly. That's pretty crazy to me. 
Yeah, I mean, he's still. I mean, I understand you have a, a fear, but dude, take a Xanax and get over it. Yeah, I think he tried. He had, yeah, he had a lot of, I mean, weird issues going on, but he. Uh, yeah, I think he's got mental issues at some point. We're going to find out about more than anything. I, well, I think they knew about him coming out. I keep remember he like announced he was retiring from basketball okay. when he got kicked off the team in Minnesota. All this stuff, it was he, bizarre. But he, I mean, when he was in his right mind, he was a very good player. He was. He he was, and he was. And I wouldn't say ahead of his time, but he had that point forward kind of role. That, sure. Uh, here's some breaking news, and not a good one for if you're fans of the 70s show. Danny Mashton has been found guilty and is facing now 30 years in prison. For what? Uh, he was found guilty of two counts of rape. Oh, my God. I mean, I'd heard, I'd read stories about, like, he was kind of, like, touchy on the the set, and no one liked him. And That's, jeez. I don't know. You mentioned Malcolm in the Middle, too. Like the, That was his yesterday. brother. Oh, it was? I thought it was the same guy. That was the brother. Because his brother was also the, the cheese guy who kissed, uh, Kissed Jackie and cheated on. Uh, okay, he had a small role in the in the show and in, in that too. But he was he that was his brother. Thirty that was, years. That's no joke. I know. Jeez. That's that's. I mean, I, I, obviously the evidence was just two counts of forcible, forcible rape. rape. I mean, isn't all, any rape forcible? Isn't that kind of? Well, no. I mean, if you've got like if, if there's a rape of a woman who's like unconscious, that's I guess that would be falls yeah. under a different category that's, than like that's holding a good point. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. It's. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, I, he kind of fell in that whole category of the, when the whole Me Too movement thing was going on, and I just, I mean, I didn't say I didn't think he wasn't a guilty. I just kind of thought he got caught in that wave. I didn't think he'd ever get a thirty year sentence. Apparently, what he was doing was pretty bad. Yeah, I never heard this. This, this, that's wild. That's not. <laughs> it's a major terrible. blow to Scientology. <laughs> is he a Scientologist? Yeah, yes. Oh well. I know it doesn't help you. <laughs> I didn't know that was still. A I'm thing. curious on the evidence of this. I mean, if you convince the jury, did thirty years, you clearly were not good. Yeah. That sounds pretty cut and dry. Yeah, it sucks. No, I guess he won't be on the 90s show. Yeah. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text. I'll take some more text from you guys coming up here. Uh, I think we've hit on all the, the the big topic. We did mention the cheese it Bowl becoming the Pop-Tart Bowl, which is... <laughs> That's a big topic. Which is... It, it was going to lead me into the only other mini-topic that I want to talk about, which is interesting bowl game development. The Holiday Bowl, which has been, I think, long-time associated. I always associate it with... Pac-12, Big 12, it's a you know, West Coast game, like a lot of points, all that stuff. I think BYU. They are now suing UCLA and the Pac-12 for more than $3 million in damages after UCLA refused to play just hours before kickoff of their 2021 game against NC State. Uh, Holiday has the third longest tie-in among Pac-12 bowls. The Pac-12 continues to be a just gross, messy, huge conundrum. Yeah, pretty much what's left of it. Imagine, I didn't know bowl games could sue. But there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, anybody can sue. Anybody can sue. <laughs> yeah, I've got nipples. Sounds, I was just—I I literally went blank on what I was referencing myself. Like it just bobbed in my head, and I can't even remember what I was on me, my own self was referencing. Uh, here's something—a little, little late night. I know we can get into maybe it's right now, but this is kind of a summer thing. Uh, did you see just recently over uh, while we were on the air? The former home that was the Brady Bunch house is up for sale. No. It is selling. How much do you think the Brady Bunch house is selling for, by the way? 2.5 mil. Higher. 11 mil. Lower. 7.2 mil. I'll stop you there, but you're closer. Five and a half. Five and a half, okay. Which brings the question, if funds were not a not a problem, what what TV show home would you purchase? Home loan house. The home <laughs> Why? There's nothing special about it. I love it. It's it's nice looking house. It's, it's your, big. It's your basic colonial house. My friend lives in one. Oh, I mean, Our listeners a, say basically lives in that same house. It's a huge house. It's it's your basic colonial. It fit like 15 kids. 
<laughs> Not really, because they, they had to put Kevin up in the attic. Right, still, I mean, I would take like eight bedrooms. Yeah, it's I'm amazed you answered that so quickly, too. You've it's, clearly thought about this. It's a, it's a great house. Classic house. I mean, me, I'm going Webster. The Webster house? Oh, yeah. It's hidden. I mean, it, it, had, it had hidden passages. The, 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 old, the uh, grandfather clock opened up, and it was a ladder that went all the way up and down the house. You could, you could sneak around through the walls. The basement had like a hidden entrance. It was awesome. I loved it. I love hidden pa- passages, uh, passages in my house. I want that. I want more of them. Okay. I don't want people to be able to find me or you know find what I'm doing. <laughs> I thought I thought like Fresh Prince of Bel Air was something you would say maybe. No, I'd rather have the Home Alone house. Home Alone, Yes, it is. Just threw me off guard. Do you watch know the Home Alone house? Uh, it's a movie, by the way. I said TV first of all. The Home Alone house uh, did sell in 2020. Do you know how much it sold for then? It's not even in Illinois. I think it's in Illinois, isn't it, or something? Yes. Um, it has to be. John Hughes directed the movie. I would say it sold for, because you're right, it's a big house. I'll say it sold for 8.2. 2.4 mil. Oh, a lot cheaper cheaper than the, the Brady house. Yeah. Now, keep, keep in mind, though, the Brady. It's like a real, like, used house. It's not, like, for. Well, the Brady house is a real house. People have, like, lived in it? Yeah. Really? I don't know. I mean, I assume. I do love one like one tweet I saw that was like the, the price is being jacked up because like the the celebrities that were once hanging out there back in the seventies or something like like Miles the uh, Sammy Davis Jr. was once there and stuff like that. Okay, all right, there you go. Lego makes a Home Alone uh, house set that is like, like what does Lego not three thousand pieces? That's nuts. Three hundred dollars. I don't understand why you would pay that much to build like a Lego thing. I don't know. I don't. I I loved Legos as a kid, but I don't grasp the concept of buy yeah buying that and building like a giant like Lego Death Star. Like it just I can't just buy the Death Star. <laughs> um, even though the toy Death Star really wasn't very cool, if you remember right, it was like a base. It was it wasn't even like round. We need to give away a T-shirt. Let's okay. uh, let's do this real quickly. Um, do, we, do you want to give away a Racing Lou or a Lucidity shirt today? We've given away one Lucidity shirt. I think we need to give away a Racing Lou. Let's give Racing. I'm and racing. racing plays tonight. They play tonight in the uh, the okay. NWSL uh, Challenge Cup. It's their second game. They're on the road taking on Chicago. 8 o'clock. If you want to watch that game, by the way, they're having a watch party at Saints. They're in the heart of St. Matthews. Stop by. 8 o'clock is when the kickoff happens. So the first person to correctly answer this question uh, will on, on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, we'll get a, a racing shirt. And we've got them at the, the studio now, so you can get the information. We'll, we'll show you where to go. All that good stuff. In Game 6, we were not on the air. We didn't really get a chance to talk about Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Celtics and the Heat. We're getting excited about the NBA Finals tomorrow. Game 1's going to be tomorrow night. I'm pumped. I, I mean, I'm kind of excited. I'm a little bit, yeah. I get into the Finals a little bit. Yeah. The, the game-winning tip-in happened uh, in the, the closing seconds. Marcus Smart misses the shot. Derek White tips the shot in to send the Celtics to a game seven. They end up losing there. Derek White played one season of D1 college basketball. What school did he play for? First person to correctly text in that question, 502-414-1450. You're going to win a free racing Louisville t-shirt. We'll get your size. We'll get your number. We'll tell you where to go. I'm hating myself because I can't remember the answer either. I know the Spurs drafted him. I like that the first person to text in said, just said Derek White. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I can't remember where he went either. One season. 
Texture. Oh yeah. You, you gave the acronym. I don't know if I can give this to you. I need the name. I need the school. Type it at the, at the school if you can get it right. I just saw a text come across. I think it was, was the right answer. I could be. There wrong. we go. Now we yeah. got it. Yeah, I'm seeing a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. How uh, did I forget that? I don't know. I remember him being a first round pick by the Spurs. I just couldn't. For some reason, I blanked on where he went. Colorado was the correct answer. Yeah. He was a, a player who he went D2 before and only had one D2 offer. And then, like, lit it up in D2. And I think Colorado was the only D1 program to offer him. Like, he's, really? like, he's a crazy backstory. And then his numbers, you know, he was a good player at Colorado, but still more, I think, potential than he was finished product. The Spurs, who are pretty good at drafting on potential, take him late in the first round, and he winds up being a very good NBA player. It's just not the usual, not the typical professional basketball story in this day. He was traded to the Celtics originally for Romeo uh, Langford and Josh Richardson. Really? Amongst uh, draft picks as well, yeah. That's good to see. Well, he wasn't with the Celtics long then, was he? Redmond, he's been with them since I was just last year, yeah. Uh, Texture wins also said uh, Christian Lander was a reclass and didn't fare well. Yeah, reclasses are, they've been, they've been hit or miss for sure. All right, I'm going to get this person's information in a second. I'll have to do that during the break. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. Texas says, I figured Mike would buy Bayside High School. It's not a home. <laughs> Zach's house was great. Was he really in his room, though? You see the main room in a couple of episodes, namely the, the Christmas episode where he brings the... The living room, yeah, with the, the homeless stairwell, girl yeah. and her uh, dad into his house. So you see it a few times. I've seen a lot of homeless people. I've never seen a homeless person as hot as that girl was. She, wasn't, uh, she was not attractive. Do so you think she was not attractive? Yeah, I don't think she was attractive. I mean, by comparison, I mean, you want to go behind here and check out some other? Easy, Walker. Come on. She's going to be a supermodel now. Texas is if watching the Reds-Red Sox game tonight, be on the lookout for a Louisville Cardinals hat off-center behind home plate. Ooh, I like that. Texter. Going Louisville, going Trevor style with it, huh? Texter front and center tonight at the uh, the Reds-Red Sox game. I'll be keeping an eye out. And uh, yeah. you know, flash it. Throw up an X. Throw up the, uh, the big X for the big X. <laughs> just... just <laughs> Throw it up. Texas, now I'm trying to imagine Trevor climbing a, up a ladder inside of a hidden confined compartment inside the walls of a house. <laughs> Maybe not now, but kids, like I, I was like, I didn't, Webster was not a great show. Okay. It was, it was a, like, oh, like the apart, the, the penthouse apartment and uh, different strokes might be on my list. Top five, two of that. Like it's an apartment, but I would still take it because it was an awesome apartment. It had a jacuzzi room. Um, yeah, like I love, I love, it was cool. Like, how awesome would it be to be able to like sneak through the walls and shut up, Texter. We had a friend growing up who did have they had like a secret door that had like to like a secret like attic space that was a game room for them. I thought it was the coolest thing. I thank you. Yeah. And like in this one, it's like a ladder that goes all the way up from like the basement, which has a hidden entrance, and like it's a grandfather, it's a fake grandfather clock, and it opens up, and it's just an entrance to ladders. Pretty cool. I I question this on Wikipedia, by the way. Real quick, Derek White just says. White became the second player in NBA history to hit a buzzer beater in a game where the team is trailing and facing elimination, joining only Michael Jordan's the shot in 1989. That's really the only two times it's happened? Kind of a wild fact. I mean, maybe it's because they're using the, ter- the the literal buzzer beater term. Because you know, a lot of times you'll see a guy hit a shot and win a game. Game like, where there's still time left. There's the like clock. a second or two left, or he'd leave a tenth to say, yeah. So maybe, that's, maybe that is true then. Texas, the full house San Fran house would be pretty damn sweet. Yeah, yeah but those houses all look alike, and that's Victorian re- style houses don't do it for me. That's why. That's why I was surprised that your your, your colonial, just your basic colonial colonial houses, your big. It's not basic. It's huge. It's gorgeous. But that's. I mean, I, don't know. I go to Langdon Place. I can see like five of those houses. I mean, if we're talking, no, you can't. From the outside, it looks that way. 
I think you're, over, you're underestimating the size of this house. I think you're expecting them to be like pranks, like like Kevin was there. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's just it's a beautiful house. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'd love to like live in. A, I'm not not 12 anymore. I don't need like a water slide going from my room to the pool, which would be nice. Whatever, 12. I'm 12. I'm 43. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah, maybe for the kids, but I don't know. Screw the kids. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. That's gonna be taken out of context in my in my political search for for commissioner. But that's for what? My, when I when I go when you're talking about the. The, the ads against me at running for commissioner, they're going to take just sound bites from me out of context to use against me. What commissioner are you running for? For my league. Oh, for, for, for yeah. the fantasy football. And it's going to be like, do you want Trevor to be your commissioner? Screw the kids. <laughs> there have been way worse sound bites than that. Yeah. You're like, bring me that 10-year-old. <laughs> I don't think I said it that way, did I? I think you did. Whatever, the way you said it when we were talking about the one-on-one game, it, was just, it made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Texas says, if by some chance, off chance, they didn't catch Trevor trying to squeeze into a secret corridor, they'd probably be able to follow the, the pungent smell to find out that there was a secret <laughs> yeah, corridor. Say, well, that, would, that would be a really bad way to die. <laughs> like, I think that smells like weed up there. If the fact that it's secret, no one can find me. It would just, yeah. It was just like the, the owners would, they would sell the house 20, 20 30 years later. That smoke coming out of the playroom? <laughs> be found like Luke Perry in the walls of Oz. There's, there's okay. a reference for somebody that might get it. The blank check house would be sweet. It would be sweet. It, it, oh, had, yeah. it had a water slide, slide and go-karts in the background, backyard. Macintosh. Uh, Texas says, SpongeBob's pineapple, <laughs> sneaky high amount of square footage. <laughs> Texas says, Trevor the conductor. <laughs> what about the, oh, he says, Trevor the silver spoons train. Trevor the conductor. Well, the silver spoons house is kind of like an 80s version of the uh, blank check house, I think. Well, the train, though. Yeah, the train would be nice. I'd like to have a train. I mean, train would be cool. Texas Trevor, I've been to the Home Alone house. It is a massive house that's in a very nice neighborhood. Okay, but there's nothing, there's nothing special about it. It's a gorgeous house. I guess. Texas says, I love hidden passages. I want more in my house. Mike, okay. <laughs> Hardest hitting sports reporting of all time. You did play that off. Come on, you, you need to admit, hidden passages would be fun to have in your house. It was, sometimes we just need to move the conversation. Sometimes <laughs> you get stuck in the same idea, and then 15 minutes later, nobody's listening. <laughs> Texas says, Trenton Flowers reminds me of Anthony Black from Arkansas last season. Well, if, he, if, he's, oh. if he's Anthony Black, then we might be in good shape. I would, I would yeah, definitely take that. I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, but the, Black's the one that got, I mean, I, he's not the one that got injured. That was the other one. Yeah. Or Basile. I mean, Black was up and down, but yeah, I would take that, I guess, to a degree. Yeah. Texas says, whatever happened to Derek Thornton Jr.? That's he, a very good question. He transferred to like, he played for like seven different schools, including Boston College at the end of his career. And he played, I feel like one game against us, he played really well. He went from Duke to USC to Boston College, and he didn't graduate that long ago. I mean, I, I, I don't, there's no way that he's playing in the NBA, but I would assume he's playing professionally somewhere. He was a fine, I mean, he was never what, like we thought he was going to be as a college player, but he still put up decent numbers at a, at a high now, level after leaving Duke. I was thinking that was the guy from Western for some reason. Wasn't there a Thornton that played for Western that came out of, that, that came out publicly? You're thinking of Derek Gordon. Is that okay? Okay, I mixed the Derek up, not the Thornton. Okay. Yeah, because I wrote a script uh, this time last year for a YouTube video on him. He's the only player in college basketball history to go to. Three different NCAA tournaments with three different. Teams. Yeah, because he left Western, he ended up going to went to UMass. UMass, okay. He went to Seton Hall, helped them win the the Big East right. tournament championship. But yeah, he played with um, oh, 
He been in high school with like uh, Gil- Gilchrist. Michael Gilchrist. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. I knew it was something. Like that. Had some big games on national TV. Yeah. people were watching MKG. But yeah, but some reason that's, that's what I was thinking they were referring to when they said I was mixing the Derricks up. Now I was thinking it was Derek Thornton. It's Derek Gordon. Okay. Texas, I've always wanted to be transformed into a smaller version of myself and ride the trolley and live in the castle on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> you ever seen this, the Family Guy version when they talk about that? No. When Stewie's like, what kind of king has a train? What is this, Mexico? <laughs> Texas, I want the code name Kids uh, Next Door Treehouse. That thing could walk on its own. I have no idea what that means. Uh, I don't know. I, I've heard of the Kids Next Door. That, that sounds familiar, code name thing, but I don't know the, where they lived. Texas, can I get a shirt for sending in the home opener attendance? That's not how this works. <laughs> we got lots of shirts to give can away we, this can summer. Can we give them the small one that we're never going to get anybody to wear? We've got lots of shirts to give away this summer. You'll have ample opportunity. You didn't even try to answer the question. That's I can't, true. I can't yeah. give you the text. Uh, all right, let me, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, more of your thoughts on the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. Let me get with this texture. Tell them what to go, do, where to go to pick up the shirt, and then we will uh, look ahead to what's going on in the world of I mean, there's no sports, but world of life tonight uh, here on a Wednesday <laughs> evening. Keep it locked right here on on, on, on the Mike Rutherford Show in 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Around and round, round they go. Stronger than ever. Back to get wrecked. All respect to those who break their neck to keep their check. Cause oh, they sweat a brother majorly. And I don't know why your girl keeps paging me. She tell me that she needs me, cries when she leaves me. And every time she sees me, she squeezes me. Lady, take it easy. Hate to sound sleazy, but tease me. I don't want it if it's that easy. Hey, yo, I mean, it's about, I'm on the rim. I'm out of the I'm going to say it's the best rap song ever. It's got my three favorites. Two long and two underground. Set on your panties. Oh, don't get me, don't, 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 don't get me on the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, the shock G line. That's, 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 that's me, man. I, I'll go in there. Here, here. You can tell from my everyday fits, I ain't rich. So switch to the fist with them tricks. I'm just another black man caught up in the mix. Trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. A dime out of nickel. I think me and Scoot should re- redo this, this rap duo. <laughs> like, I'll be shocked, GD. I'm TK, the one to put the set on your panties. Never met a hooker that could share me. Here comes Scoot. I love how you do it. All I've been hearing is trying to do my thing. Oh, you heard that I was banging? Your homegirl you went to school with. You say banging? Yeah. And your cousin thought I was. See, weekends was made for Michelob, but it's a mundane my day, so just let me hit it, yo, and never say my statement for a clown. We can keep it on the down low, long as you know that I get around. I mean, could you see me and Scoots redoing that video to that, that, that verse right there? I cannot. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? That'd go viral, right? TikTok? <laughs> right, a couple pieces of news to pass along real quickly uh, during the break catching up on it is deadline day for college basketball players to keep their name or withdraw from the NBA draft Oscar Sheebway has announced officially he is turning pro will not be back at Kentucky so the circumstances didn't didn't change circumstances did not change now all eyes are on uh, whether or not Chris Livingston and Antonio Reeves will join him in the NBA draft or come back to school and transfer somewhere else. Uh, 
Interesting development here related to that. Arthur Kaluma, who was the best big man for Creighton last season, has announced he's withdrawing from the draft, but he is returning to college and in, entering the transfer portal. Ooh. So he's being heavily pursued by Kentucky uh, and a number of other schools. That's a name to keep an eye on. Also a big one who's staying in the draft as well, Adam Flagler from Baylor. Staying in the NBA draft, not using his final year of eligibility. That's a big blow to them for next season. But besides that, most of the announcements today have been, I think, expected. You, you've had a lot of guys returning to college that were expected to return to college. Um, Josiah Jordan-James, who's one of the best players for a good Tennessee team, is coming back. Tristan Newton for UConn, who is kind of their de facto point guard, not point guard. Uh, he's coming back. Now they'll see what, if Jordan Hawkins is coming back or not. That's the bigger one to keep an eye on tonight. Um, Dembona, the big man who got hurt for UCLA last season, coming back to school. Javon Quinterly, who's played college basketball for 75 seasons, is coming back to Alabama for one more year. And then both the the really good players from Michigan State, Jade Nakins and A.J. Hoggard, are coming back for one more year. Michigan State probably going to be a preseason top five team. Speaking of which, I just got, during the break, I was texting with uh, my old coworker Ricky O'Donnell. They're hiring me. I'm doing a post-draft declaration top 25. Respiration. No, right. so it's time to get to work. What if I put Louisville at like four? You should <laughs> just completely should. top three recruiting class. I think you should. He, that should be your debate. Like Kenny Payne was was left with nothing in the cupboard, and now he's refilled it like Mother Hubbard. Cardinal and fans Cardinal, are saying Cardinals go from four four wins to fourth in the country. Cardinal fans are saying Final Four or bust for Louisville and Kenny Payne's second year. There's no debate about it whatsoever. Everyone agrees it's a national title year. <laughs> Uh, uh, Zach Eady gonna pull out or stay in? I think he's gonna pull out. Thank you for putting me in that position where I had to say that. No, I sometimes just things work out great without even planning it. (sighs) Uh, (laughs) Also, I I don't know. Is it me or is I'm amazed? I just saw the news that the the, 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 I guess Dayton's transfer. Um, the I I can't pronounce his last name. Shara Jamitz. Um, I, he, he goes by Mongolian Mike. Like, okay, I, I didn't. I thought we weren't. I thought that was like unpc to do nowadays. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't. Maybe he's from Mongolia. No, he is. He's the first ever Mongolian D one athlete. But he played, he played a date last year. Why couldn't he say that? I mean, it'd be like me being American Mike if I went to play in Italy. <laughs> I'm not. That we weren't allowed to do say stuff. <laughs> if you're from Mongolia, I'm pretty sure you're allowed to just call yourself by your nationality. Good thing his name was Mike. Yeah. He, but Indiana's one of his possible uh, mid his last five. You should know this guy. He played Dayton. Aren't you a Dayton fan? I am. He's You're only a Dayton football fan, though, aren't you? D- exactly. <laughs> no, I'm only a Dayton basketball fan. Go John Green! <laughs> uh, I only root for the tennis team. <laughs> big Dayton golf guy. <laughs> I want to hear somebody say that one day. Like, I, I'm a little fan in, in basketball, football, baseball, women's, but tennis, No. UK all the way. <laughs> That's all I care about. Softball. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, Mongolian Mike didn't play a whole lot for Dayton last year. So. Oh, he didn't? He was a four-star recruit? Yeah, he's not a huge... He's a freshman, so again, freshman not making huge impacts in college basketball these days. How do you pronounce his last name? I've got no idea. <laughs> he's got more A's in his last name than I ever had on a report I've card. Got no clue. <laughs> I was happy that he didn't play a whole lot last year. Uh, Scoots, by the way, texted in earlier. I'm, I'm just now seeing this. Okay. And he says, this is, you've got good, good news is you've got a lot of support for your pop tar position. The bad Thank news you. is it's just Scoots. Um, <laughs> Scoots says, I honestly Scoots never thought, smart man. I honestly never thought I'd agree with Trevor more than I do right now. 
Cold edges first, then in the middle is the absolute only way to eat a Pop-Tart. Thank you! See, we're smart. We get the worst part of the Pop-Tart out first, then nothing but sweet deliciousness left for the duration. Y'all are now making me want some Pop-Tart. It's, it's, it's like snack foreplay. I mean, but it's like saying like you eat a burger by going bun first and then just eating the patty in the middle at the after that. Have you never eaten around the burger? No. Oh, I used to do it all the time. So I would, so I would, get, so, so I would finish the burger off with nothing but pure meat and bread. I don't understand who you are and the things that you do. I mean, it's, it, that would makes perfect sense. I don't think you, you're just living a a, 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 sh, a shadowed life. A shadowed life. Yeah, I was going to say sheltered, but then it almost cussed. <laughs> because I don't eat Pop-Tarts by eating the edges. Well, then why don't you just take them off if, they're, if that's the bad part? Well, no, it's not that they're bad. It's just they're not as, as good. I don't think foreplay is bad. It's just not as good. As I just can't understand. That they, I have less of an issue with eating the edges first than I do with not warming them up. I've never eaten a warm Pop-Tart. Well, then how do you know you don't like it? I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said I, prefer, I like it cold, though. I have the exact same conversations that I do with, with my three-year-old. <laughs> it's so fun on the show. I'm like, oh, how do you I would like to I'm say, like, you can't say you don't like it if you haven't tried it. you got to try it. I would like to say I, I use a, a larger vocabulary, but I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> you got John, I think. Virginia, I don't know. Well, yay, I got the one year, not, the not even one year old. He is starting to say truck a lot. Every time he sees a truck, he just goes nuts. But, uh, but Who I, doesn't? Yeah. Virginia, I think, may have you. <laughs> I got home last night, and she's on the deck. She goes, do you want to see something that's very impressive? I was like, yes. I just did. You said sentence. <laughs> she got down to like a yoga pose. I was like, incredible. Nailed it. Wonderfully done. Texas cherry Pop-Tarts are about as good as your fantasy football commissioner being a Ohio State fan and a Duke basketball fan. What is the hate on cherry? Oh, that's over Ross. Here? Ross is texting in. <laughs> Ross, thank you. Oh, for, Ross wore our t-shirt. Ross, by the way, thank you for, for paying way too much for Devontae Parker's rookie year and not letting me do it. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to pay like 30 bucks for him. <laughs> Ross was our t-shirt winner, too. Oh, congratulations, Ross. Awesome. Um... <laughs> Texas, between the sublime day and today, the music has been better today than it has been in weeks. Oh, well, this day wasn't bad, was it? What did I even play yesterday? I don't know. Sublime day was Friday, right? Yeah, he's, he's saying it's good. Okay, well, good. I think music, yeah, thank you. It's been, I haven't done a really a much of a, a, a trend or a theme, I mean, loosely themed today, but I haven't done like a good theme in a while. I'll, I'll come up with one. Texture says, um, nothing beats the Breaking Bad house with the pizza on the roof uh, or the Jesse Pinkman house. I have seen, so Richard right. Patino, when he moved to, this is why I, I love Richard, when he moves to New Mexico, he moves to the ABQ to take the job, I think like his second day in town, he like went to the Breaking Bad house and was like, Breaking Bad house, and put it on Instagram. I was like, this is this is how I would handle being the head coach in New Mexico. You gotta see the sights. I mean, isn't it, isn't it pretty much just a meth house? I mean, no, the, the house where like Walter lives with his oh, family. Oh, okay. It's just like a normal looking house. But yeah, I think I vaguely remember, but thinking like all those houses in like Albuquerque look alike to me. Yeah, he dies, right? Dead. Till last we got fired. They kill him. I don't even know if it's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell yeah. Watch that be. Watch me just if say. If that's it. what happens, I'm going to be so I'm pissed. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I've got lost all internet. I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm starting rewatching tonight. <laughs> I saw him trending, and I refused to click on it last night. Well, I think. Yeah, I think last night was the finale. Yeah. It was, did it come out? I thought I was thought the show was Wednesdays though. I guess maybe it came out at midnight. Was it one of those deals? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I yeah. don't know, but I still have it. I, I was going to start last night, and then I just I lost track of time. I had. I, I was too documentaried out last night to start it. 
Just using the brand too much. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was. I mean, it was just a roller coaster of American Gladiators, and then you know the the whole Dark Side of the Ring up the you know roller coaster trip that took me on. It was. I do want to watch the American Gladiators. It was good. You probably well. I don't know if you'd like the Dark Side, but you might. I mean, I've liked the two that I've watched. Which two have you seen? Uh, Jake the Snake. That one's just disturbing. Disturbing, but like also very. It good. is good. Yeah. And I can't remember the other one. It was one from like. The early one, I feel like two years ago. This is season four, so yeah, there's been three seasons. I mean, I, bottom, I mean, not all of them would be in your wheelhouse, even for a non-wrestling fan. Like, I wouldn't think you'd probably care much about the New Jack one, or maybe the plane ride from hell would maybe interest you. I don't know. But I don't even know what that is, but it, it was, sounds interesting. It was a plane ride back in the early 2000s from the European trip where they got delayed, and therefore everybody on the plane just got so hammered. Uh, it resulted in Kurt Henning and Scott Hall getting fired because they were so drugged out and being so crazy. And, you know, Ric Flair walking around naked, doing the helicopter. And apparently Dustin Rhodes got drunk and took the mic and started serenading his ex-wife. It was it was, it was the same disaster and a half. Uh, <laughs> sounds like I, I, I'd watch that. Texas says we got about uh, nine minutes here left. We'll try to, to get as many, as many texts as we can. Texas, is it true that Oscar Brom is playing an unofficial GM role with the football roster transfer portal? I don't think so. Donnie Brom is the one you need to keep an eye on. Donnie Brom's calling all the shots out there. Keep an eye on Donnie. Talk to people who know. Texas, I want to adopt a core of four. He's adorable. Did you watch the video? Of, they handed I it, saw it, but I haven't watched it. I saw it posted, but I hadn't clicked on it. So they handed it was the first full day of you know, everybody being on campus. Almost everybody. I think there's still two players who haven't gotten here yet. They gave the camera to Emmanuel Okorafor, and he's just saying what's up to everybody. It was a nice little inside look, and Okorafor does seem like a very, very likable young man, which I think we learned last year, but it was cool to see his personality even more on display in that video. I liked seeing that video. I liked the other moving day video they had, uh, and then UofL, the football moving day was Monday. It's look, I know we still got a ways to go, but it's, it's feeling more and more real when you get the actual kids on campus. Yeah, so Cool. Uh, Texas says... Um, I'm not reading that. Texas says, How bad was it? We need some more red stock uh, while they're on a heater. Well, I, I think we've given as much red stock as we can give today. Yeah, we talked a lot about the reds. More than I think we talked about all year. Reds and bats talk today. We need more bats talk, though. Well, get more bats talk coming your way in about 15 minutes. No, you will. I mean, Josh, you're ready to put the game on the air. Texas, after that Pop-Tart eating description, Trevor is officially a psychopath. <laughs> is that weirder than eating bananas vertically? Or from like side to side instead of from top to bottom. Do you do that? No, it's it's a. Some, okay, I was gonna say it's uh it's on a it was a it was a scene that from, look you're in the eyes text guy is gonna come in hot in a second. <laughs> it was a scene from Big Bang Theory. The the the, the, the one girl said she ate that way. And he's like, who does that? She goes, my mother said it was like good girls eat them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw my favorite lines. <laughs> Texas, I had a dream last night that we were going undefeated into the Notre Dame game. I really hope that that wasn't God messing with me. I think it's possible. Notre Dame's week five, right? Uh, week it'd be game six. We'd be five and zero. Yeah, yeah. So game. we'd be well, okay, five, five games of four. I mean, who am I forgetting between after IU? Who's the two before IU that I'm forgetting? BC about? and NC State. I mean, that's we'll we'll know a lot more going into IU where we feel about that. But yeah. from right here, right now, not to quote Jesus Jones. I think, yes, I think we should be favored in both those games. It's possible. Here, here's my, in my, like, like, just general Jeff Brom analysis. If we track with what he's done at Purdue, I feel like we're going to lose one of those first five games that we're not expected to lose, and then we're going to beat Notre Dame. 
That's my that's my prediction here on May thirty first. Problem is, is that of those games, who would you want want to lose to? I mean, you wouldn't want to lose to anybody. But I'm just saying, yeah. like that's that typically is kind of the way that it goes. I mean, I, like I was with you know some of his relatives a couple weekends ago, and they're they're like, oh, he's definitely gonna lose to somebody bad, and then we're gonna beat Notre Dame. Like that's that's probably what's gonna happen. Is NC State a road or home? NC State, I believe, is I want to say it's at home. I mean, I would not want to lose at home to either them or BC on the road. I guess I could, I mean, give it a little bit of a slide, but. We play NC State's on the road. BC's at home. Yeah, NC State would be the game then maybe. If there's one in that first five, I could see us they the, trip up against. The other thing about this Notre Dame game, and I hate that it's already getting some attention from like national college football people. Like it's a total trip. Like we have a we have time off between we play NC State on September 29th, and then we play we host Notre Dame on uh, October 7th. So we have a like a nice little lead in there. For that game, Notre Dame, on the other hand, like they've got, like they have a very tough schedule going into this game. It's this just screams trap game. I'd load it if the internet would ever work here uh, anymore. <laughs> like they play, they play Ohio State two weeks before they play us at Notre Dame, which they could easily get destroyed. And then they play Southern Cal the week after they play us. So Ooh, we're like sandwiched it. right there, where it's like, ooh, ooh it's, yeah. Weird. And they host both those other games. They play at us. Which, by the way, the Notre Dame official schedule on their official website says Louisville, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Does it really? The disrespect that's already coming out of the Notre Dame camp cannot be tolerated. I don't know. I kind of like it, but okay. Well, we're not. You like Cardinal Stadium. You don't like the Papa John. You don't care about Papa John's being on there. I I mean, I like their pizza, but I could care less if they're on the name. Well, they're not. So there you go. But I did. But I also like to call it the big oven and stuff. Texas says your pop tart eating methodology is still more sane than eating a banana with the peel on. I'm looking at you, last place Titans quarterback. Shout out to Ryan Duncan and his Will Levis led Tennessee Titans. He just loves that pick. Yeah, leaving the peel on is disgusting. It's gross. That's just yeah. That's yeah. That's just no. Texas, I just saw a stat that if the UK roster stays where it is, then only 96 points total is returning from last year's team. Does that seem right? They've had a few years like that. I mean, they score last year game. <laughs> what do you mean? You say 96 points per game total. Returning from last year's team. Oh, okay. <clears throat> never mind. Okay. That would be, it's not a lot. I thought you were saying they, 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 they was average 90. I was like, wait, did they score 140 last year? No. <laughs> uh, Texas Browns sh- uh, sugar cinnamon is awful. Shame, shame, I Mike. I, yeah, I, I agree. Why are you saying shame, shame? I'm on your team. Does anybody really like brown sugar cinnamon? My kids, it's all they uh, eat. You like I, brown sugar I hate cinnamon? it. Yes. Okay, he's, he's, he's a Josh good, likes yeah, brown. Yeah. yeah. I'd say something bad about him, but I don't want him to leave and me have to work the, rip, the bats games. So. My kids will only eat brown sugar, <laughs> sugar, a cinnamon, unfrosted. They're I'm raising heathens. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you might want to like look at the therapy right away. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Texas says, uh, you run into those types of fans on Twitter where the bio is them saying they're fans of like the Lakers, Yankees, Patriots, Duke, and Notre Dame. Yeah, it's it, it, it's the worst. It's my favorite old uh, uh, what's his name personality where he would just like make up like. Well, now pro teams is, I guess, is hard to do because especially for Trubalans us, is the best. Especially for us living here in Louisville, where you don't have a pro team anywhere near us. Like I'm all over the map as you are. I mean, you're Detroit, Cincinnati, and right, but like my teams all suck. That's <laughs> and none of rivals. Like I'm not going to be a Toronto and a Yankees fan. Yeah, I mean that's no. Screw the Yankees. No offense to Texas. Says maybe Trevor's friends should suck it up and be a less crappy commissioner. Also, twelve team auction league with two keepers and eight bench spots. How long do your drafts last, Trevor? Not, amazingly, not that long. They do. That's somebody clearly. It's behind somebody in our league, I would think. But 
uh, that knows that much. I don't think so. Did I say all that? Out? Yeah, I think, think you said all this. Okay. Yeah. No, our drafts don't last too long. Plus, I want them to last as long as they can because Ryan's basement's really nice, and I don't want to go home. Texas says the God, reason I, I don't it. worry about KP making a third year if we suck again is because of this fan's base. Impressive track record as of late. We made life so miserable for Mac and sad that they literally quit. I have full faith that we can do that again and get that turkey. Well, that's not true. I mean, I, mean, I don't think we overreacted on Mac. I think Chris Mack, if you want anybody, if you think anybody forced him to quit, it was the administration that made his life miserable. Like that's that was, I can tell you right now, a million times more about Neely Bendapudi and, and Vince Tyree and what happened there than it was about the fan base. And Scott Satterfield, yeah, the fans didn't like him after he flirted with going to South Carolina behind our backs and then didn't win at a high enough level for us to forgive him. I think that that's. The fan base is not the problem here. Plus, as I said, kind of like with, with the, what we don't have with the basketball KP is that with Satterfield, there was always, including myself, who he was he was the secondary prize that we to what we always wanted from the beginning, and that's who we got now, and that's Jeff Rom. Yeah. Texas Payne needs to make the tourney next year or be on the cusp. Also, he needs to get a new pullover and throw away the one that he wore all of last year that he bought from Kroger. I mean, if he doesn't make tourney, he goes 16 wins. Does he get to year three by, like, reaps? Redoing the whole coaching staff uh, excuse. I, uh, I, he's got keep, to at least do that. Keep right. Nolan. I can see him like you know, Danny Manning and Josh Jamison being sacrificial lambs. I can see that happening. I mean, I'm not saying you have to force him up your Josh because I wasn't a fan of tar- uh, Vince doing that, but I mean, you just logically almost have to. You'd think, but I mean, you, you'd logically think after a four and twenty eight season, you'd also have to have at least <laughs> one weird move, and he thought it was like a affront to coaching that, that yeah, was even suggested. I forgot we leave logic at the front door. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if we're going to get another, cause that was, we figured it out. That was like the pullover that he wore last year. So often was a Nike pullover that just didn't have the Nike mm-hmm. logo on it. And I'm sure that that's part of the, the connection that he has with Nike. I wonder if we'll get the same thing next year where it's like, you, you see other Nike coaches wearing it and Kenny Payne's wearing essentially the same thing. It just doesn't have the Nike logo on it. Uh, we'll see. Texture says, um, Stare, I'm staring at a box box of brown sugar. People are really defending brown sugar uh, cinnamon pop. Yeah, where's the defense for that? Not cherry. Cherry's so much better. Texas, the picture of Dennis Evans' wingspan is crazy. Potential nicknames go. I I don't know. I don't have a potential nickname for you, but Dennis Evans, I think, already might be my favorite player on the team. Just looking at him, the way he carries himself, the way he talks, I love him. He's going to be Dennis the Menace. I'm good with that. Especially with the way he's blocking shots in the way. Uh, we've got Louisville, we've got, we've got Louisville Bats baseball coming your way. Game two against Wooster is on the way. 6.05, the coverage will start here. Uh, 6.35, first pitch will go down. Bats going for their seventh win in eight games. What will L.A. De La Cruz do tonight? Keep it locked right here on the Big Ace to find out. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Let them know. Now you can tell from my everyday fits. I ain't rich, so cease and desist with them tricks. I'm just another black man caught up in the mix. Trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Just because I'm a freak don't mean that we can hit the sheets. Maybe I can see that you don't recognize me. I'm Shock G, the one who put the satin on your panties. Never knew.